Bob Howdy, and welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, the only podcast that provides a delightfully exhaustive account of the many world travels of beloved American icon Ernest P. Worrell, as portrayed by thespian rogue of the open road and apparent yo-yo master Jim Varney. This is episode 14, Ernest Goes to Africa. I'm your host, Erin, and this is my lovely co-host, David. Hi, everyone. How's it going? We're coming to you live from the Wanna Waffle in Deacon County, Ohio. I thought it was the warm waffle. I See, I read it as Wanna Waffle. Okay, already. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and joining us for episode 14, Ernest Goes to Africa, returning guest, our friend Dan. Welcome, Dan. Hey, everyone. Nice to have you back. It's nice to be back. Dan last joined us on our second episode, right? That's right. Ernest back in the early camp. days. Long, long ago. We, long we didn't even have microphones ago. in that point. We didn't even have computer boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it was the Wild West of podcasts. Yes, the Great Frontier. These are, uh, yeah, two vastly different movies, so it'll be interesting to have your input. And yet there are things in common. There's a lot of little connections between the two. There are parallels. It's like poetry. It's like it rhymes. Each one kind of... Rhymes with the last it's one. It's almost as if there was an explosion of Ernest and some shards of it went into this other universe. And this one got camp shards. <laughs> like the big Worrell bang or something yeah. like that? Interesting. <laughs> I think I rented that once. Well, you told me the first time I was here that they look at each of the movies as the same character, but in a complete, like, a completely unrelated to one another. Yeah. So this feels yes. a lot like that kind of idea. Like you can Definitely. you can see that in this that it's a it's the same character we're, or we're following a similar character. It's just a completely different situation he's in. The continuity is not there. There's no continuity yeah. to no. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The parallels feel they don't they don't feel like continuity. They feel like deja vu or like flashes like from an alternate Definitely. life yeah. or a past life or something. Like like it's weird. It's very weird. Does Ernest reincarnate every time? You oh. wonder, does he like get flashes of other Ernests in other universes and like flashes of their experiences? Oh. I would believe that. I would think I would maybe totally he does. That. Yeah. The sci-fi workings of the Ernestverse. He is Doctor Who. I don't even know where to start with this one. Um, This is the second to last movie. Let's pause while everyone at home sighs, sadly. I'm sad. I'm sad yeah. that we're, we're nearing the end of our journey. That's true. And we took a really weird turn. <laughs> That's also true. That's... Um, well, this is a 1997 release. Which I find very confusing because this movie feels like some sort of like pulp film from like the mid 20th century. I get what you mean by that. But this movie also felt extremely 90s to me in that I think in the 90s there was this weird obsession with Africa and tribes. It definitely appears in other movies. Like, there was that Jungle to Jungle movie where, like, Tim oh, Allen had a yeah. son that was from a tribe, and then... Well, and there was Krippendorf's tribe. Ace there Ventura. was Krippendorf's tribe, the Ace Ventura 2, and Nature Calls. Oh, there was, yeah. like, all this weird... Something weird in the zeitgeist. Yeah. Where everyone was like, hey, let's go to Africa. It's like a weirdly weird mid-90s thing. Huh. And this movie feels to me like it's got traces of these other 90s movies in it. There's, like, Dumb and Dumber traces of it. There's, again, like, more Ace Ventura-y stuff this almost feels more like a Jim Carrey movie. Interesting. It does, yeah. This movie actually feels to me like what we thought most of the movies would be. Interesting. Yeah, I see like, what you're saying. Like, this is the dumb and dumber kind of humor that you expect. Most of the movies aren't like this. It's like this one and the one after this. Do you mean in terms of, like, the wackiness and the crudeness to it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I obviously compare this to Ghost to Camp. It's the one I'm most familiar with because we spent five oh, hours boy. talking about it. <laughs> but uh, Ghost to Camp is much more, not naive, I would say innocence. In, yeah, in, that's in, what in, I mean. There's humor. an innocence. Like, well, the most overt thing that's a difference between both of those movies is that there's no kid in this movie. There's no kid in this movie. 
It doesn't really feel like it's for kids at all. I had a lot of notes that were essentially, who is this for? Well, this is interesting because Ernest is the main character in this movie, but I feel like in this movie he's had the least screen time than in any of his other movies. I was telling you earlier that I think Ernest is in maybe 40% of this movie. Like He's not in a lot of it, <laughs> that, which is really kind of a bummer. That, okay. that might be accurate. We have I to believe get that. into this. Okay, okay. Yeah. So this movie was shot in Africa. It's a 1997 release. Yes, it was shot in Johannesburg. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have to say that because you were skeptical that it was shot in Africa at all. <laughs> I was too. I'm actually skeptical that any part of this was shot in America. I think this could be 100% Africa. Nothing about it feels like we had to go to Africa to do this. No, no. It feels, it feels just like more like, Africa. like we found ourselves in Africa and like, oh, hey, let's make a movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so so in terms of where Ernest is now, in this movie, Ernest is a mechanic at a small garage until he is fired, and then he and a love interest are kidnapped and flown to Central Africa, where they have to escape an evil thief. Or a series of evil thieves. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) But the reason reason behind that is Ernest comes into possession of jewels that are wanted by this thief. Or these thieves, plural. Yes. Yes, there are thieves that steal priceless jewels. Crystal door knockers. Yeah. (laughs) They steal these. Your grandmother's door knockers. Yeah, your grandmother's door knockers. Before we get into that, can we talk about the intro sequence of this movie? The title sequence? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a title sequence again. We haven't had one for two or three movies? Yeah, two. But this one is more like it's like trying to mimic the style of the Barbara Lazuski title sequences. Yes. I mean, it's definitely, it's not Barbara Lazuski, but it's in the same vein. It's like a black space with Ernest reacting to things, but there's some there's some upsetting things. It reminded me, I wrote in my notes that it reminded me of, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a Fringe Festival? No, what is that? No. A Fringe Festival tends to show kind of avant-garde art mm. specifically the um some of the plays are done in that kind of very sparse kind of style yeah. with just a black like, curtain and two characters almost like a samuel beckett play oh that's what it felt like it reminded me of like a beckett play yeah it reminded me like of like a kind of like <laughs> one person acting to the audience completely alone yeah and just doing these bizarre takes to camera <laughs> that's interesting that's essentially what this was yeah there's just like artist and like african stuff Yes. Uh, Nondescript African like things. Like, generic, like, there's a, doesn't he have, like, a spear at one point? And then at some point, he's just, like, looking through, like, a plant. Yeah. There's a totem pole. His head is shrunken at one point. That's yeah. the most disturbing yeah. thing. Like, it's like... I was not okay with that. It's, like, digitally shrunken in, like, the there's, most upsetting way. Oh, there's, like, a weird, like, it morphs his head with, like, a hyena's face, like a like a taxidermy hyena. Oh, it just kind of was dissolved. It's yeah. just it a dissolved. dissolved. Yeah. It, it looked, well, I, I guess it was, like, the blue screen of it made it look like it was, like, a slight morph. Or maybe his face is just that malleable. No, I think it just dissolved in yeah. Jimbarney's face. Well done, Jim Barney. To you. <laughs> like, and yeah, he does this hyena He was nailing laugh. it. This is the first intro sequence where another character is shown. Like, Auntie Nelda oh, shows up briefly. Yes. They were like, we need to keep David watching. <laughs> so we'll put Auntie Nelda in the opening like, credits. Oh, Auntie Nelda. And and she's she just, just uh, standing like, mm. she doesn't Yeah, do she doesn't anything. say anything. She just makes this. She's just like, I'm in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I I approved. And then there's just also a random African guy. Yeah, there's some sort of um, stock tribal warrior. And I was like, oh, is he going to be like a main character? Yeah, like, like are they going to be like best friends? Like the African version yeah. of Ernest? Oh. Uh, spoiler alert. No. No. Nope. Yeah. No, he's not, he's not in the movie at all. He's no, just he's in not. the intros. Yeah. I mean, there are other there are other tribes people, but this specific guy is not in the movie anymore. But he's just on a rotating platform with Ernest where they don't see each other. Yeah, and then they see each and other. They do. 
and they scream for some (laughs) reason. I mean, I guess I'd be startled if someone was on a rotating platform behind me. (laughs) I assume it's like, it's a, I mean, it might be digging a little deep, but it's kind of a metaphor for the film of like the two worlds colliding. Mm. I'm shocked by your culture. I'm shocked by yours. Yeah. It's a microcosm. Exactly. Oh boy. And then we're in Central Africa somewhere. In Central Africa. Nondescript Africa. It literally says somewhere in Central Africa. With Ernest Rides Again, we essentially called him Indiana. 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 Indiana Worrell. Yeah, yeah. Like a bunch. This, again, feels like going back to the Indiana Jones sort of playbook. Because yeah. right out of the gate, it's Temple of Doom. There's there's a tribe. There is uh, just a, singing, a, scu- a, a sculpture with two glowing eyes that are essentially like precious stones. They're supposed to be like giant diamonds. Yeah. And then we just see like some guy. Oh, and then Indiana stealing... Jones shows up. Yeah. Indiana... <laughs> yeah. Indiana I called Jones. him Indiana Jones light in my, my... <laughs> there's also to go along with the um, to go along with the Indiana Jones um, theme. There's also a moment where he goes, throw me the throw me the gem- throw me the gems. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well... This guy is stealing these diamond eyes. And I guess the whole tribe is gone because you see them like singing and walking back home but like they all went hunting i guess well they're not all gone there's a bunch that are sleeping on the ground are they sleeping yes oh why are they all sleeping i don't know okay (laughs) so so he steals their jewels yep and then they start chasing him and And i feel like that's where the movie should have started like the chase right well because then it becomes raiders of the lost ark there's a tribe chasing indiana jones that's where you start your movie indiana jones light through the uh jungle he runs up to the plane that would ostensibly have Jock on it, yeah. except yeah, it's not Jock. It's not Jock. Jock it's, it's Thompson. Yes, Thompson. The our villain of the movie. This mus- is our big mustachioed bad. British-accented gentleman. Who well, is, he's South African. Isn't, isn't it a South African I, accent? I believe you're correct. Yes. Well, he's a South African actor is what I looked up. It's, it's a similar accent. Wasn't Some it colonized of, by the British? I was going to say, there is, <laughs> without getting too much into this now, <laughs> I wrote- There's a confusing assortment of nationalities. Well, there's a, <laughs> there's a light air of like commentary on colonialism in this movie that i feel like if it was anything other than ernest goes to africa they would have touched on yeah but Uh, it's there the smattering of it the taste of it it's in the background it's in the canvas it's on the canvas yeah and and (laughs) so this this guy has stolen these jewels right then he runs up to this plane that's like taking off yes it's rolling along and our bad guy plane is driven by thompson our bad guy driven by our bad guy he's like toss me the bag and then you can come up which is like no dude no don't fall for that don't fall for the old toss me the bag (laughs) (laughs) the guy tosses in the bag and then thompson because he's evil he's like super bad guy the indiana not indiana jones like grabs onto this strap i guess maybe it's a seatbelt or something yes it grabs onto something and thompson cuts it and i was like oh he's Vern." yes i thought that too Because sometimes Ernest will climb onto Vern's roof, like on a ladder. Yeah, yeah. And then Vern will start to kick the ladder, and Ernest will just pull out like a grappling hook and throw it and stay on the roof that way. And then, Vern and then Vern's like, the oh, I got shears. Yeah. And then Ernest falls backwards. So he's like the villainous Vern of this movie. He is Vern Vernesque. I said it makes him an evil Vern. Yeah. And then we go back to Ernest, who is supposedly in America. I think it might be also Africa. Yes, we cut to Deacon County, Ohio, USA. As, as the Ohio? the Chiron tells and the, us, and the first oh, shot boy. of Ernest is just a close up of his butt. I don't yes. remember that. And you see oh, his butt yes. later too, like in this. I movie, mean, not his bare butt, like in jeans. Right, yeah, right, in right, this so. movie, like Ernest's butt gets featured. Like I there's like two shots of his butt. Like look, it's like second build in the credits. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, we got it, guys. 
And I think he's being the worst at a job I've ever seen him be, actually. I think you're correct, yes. He's like, I will say, usually when Ernest gets fired and gets yelled at, it has been like impossible luck or not entirely his fault. But in this, he is just screwing up this car. Like this, the, yeah. the customer is, this this woman is like, are you messing up my car? And he's like, nope, as he's pulling random stuff out. You better not have broken anything. Oh, no, ma'am. These cars got a lot of stuff you don't even need. Yeah, and yeah. then he says something like, "Women seldom Will understand." Seldom understand stuff like this, and I was like, "Oh, Ernest, no!" Immediately, I'm like, "You listeners, you can't see it, but Aaron <laughs> is making the face of the emoji that's two eyes and just like a flat, straight line for a mouth." <laughs> I just like, all right, Ernest goes to Africa. Ernest, yes, you this, and me are not getting married. Well, yeah, we should say this. Ernest is <laughs> not a, my favorite. A departure. He's not as nice. Really? Yeah. I think that's what it comes down to. He's, he's just yeah. not as nice a person, huh? It's not even that he's mean. He's just not nice. He yeah. seems to be almost like removed from people in a in a in a way that's not as charismatic <laughs> as the original as as, as yeah, past yeah, Ernest. Yeah, yeah, There's I a agree. thing we've said before, which is Ernest is just kind of like treats everybody the same. He's just kind of nice to everyone. Yeah. So to right out of the gate have him say something like women like a whole gender seldom yeah. understand to, to, to characterize an entire gender a certain way while seems, he's ruining her car while he's ruining her car seems very unearnesty so like you immediately like go oh okay yeah there's this like is not a little an earnest pang in my heart with. like i'm not yeah. yeah he does some redeeming things but like he's really unlikable in this scene yeah so she leaves to complain to his boss like your guy is messing up is Not only my is car. he trying to ruin my car, he's also trying to steal my pocketbook because Ernest tries to use her bag to like save himself from the carnage that he's yeah, causing. Yeah, so what happens is that he's wiping his brow with the towel and then he throws the towel and it hits some lever that starts lifting the car towards the ceiling. Yeah, it's the And the then he starts throwing yeah. other things to try to turn it off and including the lady's uh, purse. And right? car radio. So the purse turns it off, but then the lady and uh, his boss comes back. She's like, my purse tries to grab it and turns the thing back on and then like Ernest and the car are crushed and it's only in the most technical sense is it not his fault but it's like it's like 80% his fault yeah I'll agree with that the whole time I was watching it I kept thinking get out of the car just get out of the car yeah yeah I feel like I'm not supposed to like this lady, but like, no, I refuse to dislike this lady just because she doesn't want her car smashed. Okay, I'm not doing it. Yeah, there's a right. clear, there's a clear how she's portrayed. It's clearly, yeah, that's the that's she's the end goal. She's portrayed as shrill. Like I'm not supposed to think. But the whole time you're watching, you're saying, no, she's right. Yeah, get out of her. Stop taking things out of her car. Yeah. yeah. When we see the car get crushed. I was like, oh, apparently this car is made out of cookies because the pieces of the car that fall look delicious. <laughs> Do they? <laughs> Uh, yes. So yeah, Ernest. Case. So Ernest gets fired. He uh, he walks out of the mechanic shop, and I'm just like, that's fair. Ernest, you're fired. So we meet Ernest's straight up love interest. Yes. And it becomes the third and final piece of the Linda Cash trilogy because Ernest's love interest Renee is played by Linda Cash, who we've seen before in Ernest Rides Again. And in Ernest Goes to School as that amazing German scientist lady. 
but now she plays Renee Loomis. This. Her introduction is great because when, when when she shows up on screen and her waitress friend tells like, oh, what's wrong? What's going on? And she talks about how she's looking for love. Mm-hmm. I get excited because I was like, oh, man, Ernest has a love interest. Like, this is great. Yeah. Um, and she's – her intro, you're immediately uh, sympathetic to her because her patrons are jerks to her. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this yeah. Is, she's like – he's just serving this jackass who was actually – it's a John Cherry cameo. <laughs> like, he's just like yeah, – then- he ordered runny eggs and then she's – by the way, like, she and her friend Betty are waitresses at either warm waffle or wanna waffle i couldn't read the font they wanna waffle <laughs> i ordered over easy and runny oh i'm sorry sir i just got confused well get unconfused how about it so it feels very like um terminator when you see linda yeah. hamilton in like the waitressing job and you're like oh okay i get where this character is and like it's more shorthand and she's reading is. her romance novels yeah and she, and she talks about illinois smith who is like the this movie's version of indiana jones yeah. yeah they don't say indiana jones ever they say illinois smith yeah even though in rides again they said indiana jones like constantly right maybe they had um, somebody t- give him a talking to they had the budget for <laughs> litigation back then but now well i will say besides being like like this weird international adventure if we haven't really talked about genre lately but we have been saying that like the different Ernest movies seem to be different genres and right. I would say that this one in addition to being like an international adventure is also like the romantic comedy of the Ernest movies sure he and Ernest story is with Renee yeah. they are together mm-hmm. to the entire movie getting to know each other bickering getting to bantering know about each other like obviously he's interested in her she is a straight-up love interest there's no ambiguity yeah they're just together the whole movie and it's like these two actors well, are a feels, team in this movie and I, I haven't seen this movie in a long time but it also feels like uh romancing the stone a little bit yeah this is the romantic comedy international adventure movie if my mr wright came into my life right now all this would change he'd be brave and daring and he'd take me on some dangerous mission laced with international intrigue and I'd get all caught up in an adventure that would perpetually pump up the adrenaline and peel back the eyelids with fright. Wouldn't that be neat? You, you've been reading too many romance novels. What's uh, Renee's co-worker's name? Betty. 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 Betty points out that Ernest is there, and I guess there's oh yeah, there's a history he's of smashing his face yes. against the window. <laughs> he calls it the apricot Apric- smash. Yeah, is that some sort of? <laughs> He's just flattening, making faces at Renee with his face pushed up against the glass. I got your sack. It's safe. Yeah. When they first cut to him, I didn't notice there was a glass pane <laughs> in front of him. His face was distorted. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Oh, okay. <laughs> How is he doing yeah. that? Renee sees him and is like, oh, it's that guy again. And Betty's well, she... like, well, he has such a crush on you. Give him a break. And you're like, oh, okay, this is the love interest. Yeah. But then he, Ernest immediately walks in and goes, well, how about you, ladies? You want a breath, man? And I was like, oh. <laughs> Well, Renee is cute. Renee also says like that nerd, and I was like, "You got pigtails and glasses, girl. Like, calm down." Well, in the nineties, it was just a catch-all, yeah, kind of like what hipster is now. You just you could call anyone. Uh, Yeah, I guess you're right. He comes in and it's just uh, he's kind of obnoxious. Like Renee's got this tray that she's about to serve, and Ernest keeps like stealing fries off of it. He's rearranging the fries. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, through their whole conversation, he's taking fries off, and she's like rearranging her plate around. I I actually really like that. I thought it was a really good choice. Huh? Yeah, it's cute. I mean, the two actors, I think they play off well. Yeah, it shows 
their dynamic, that seems specifically nice. because one, like clearly Ernest is like a chaotic element in Renee's world, which is which would normally be much more controlled, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I well, think it's routine. What we're supposed yeah. to take away is that Renee has an, a dull life and that um, she's looking for someone to inject some adventure into it. Oh, well, who better than Ernest P. Worrell? Ernest, aren't you supposed to be at work at the gas station? Nah, I quit that crummy job. I told Mr. Ellis that my talents were being wasted, pumping self-serve. Oh, this Ernest is a liar. Yeah. But I thought, I thought that was like, because again, comparing it to camp, Ernest in camp isn't a liar, but he massages he the in- truth a little bit to like, to, to make himself seem like more important to, to this world, I guess. Yeah, I would, he I kind does. of like the way that he spun the truth in this kind of, there was something interesting about it. The way he said we had a pleasant parting and everything sure. is yeah. like, there's some. You can see hints of other Ernest in, in, yeah, in those, like, like in those small moments. You got fired. Well, we had a pleasant parting. Betty's kind of like trying to facilitate this. Like Renee walks away. She's got like the Yenta vibe. Betty's the one that suggests, well, if you want to get with Renee, short of being Illinois Smith, you could get her a gift. Right. And that could help. And then Ernest is like, what about the world charm? And she's like, maybe two gifts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Two gifts. Where where did he go to get those gifts? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Where? I liked this a lot, actually. To the local flea market. Where yeah, I, that's where he would get it. Where gift. I assume Ernest buys everything in his house. <laughs> yeah. And when we everything. see his house, we kind of get that. Correct. My first note on the flea market scene is, Ernest, stop touching things. Well, that's everyone's note on the flea market. <laughs> everyone in the flea market is like, stop touching that, stop touching that, stop touching that. Yes. He, just, he just likes to put his but fingers But he's just in shopping. Things. There is a one guy in this scene that, to me, was like a hippie Ernest. Okay. Ernest is touching a bunch of things and then he puts his finger in like oh, this hole in the birdhouse. Bird yeah. Because he's like got a vest, but it's like different. And it looks like like an alternate universe version of Ernest where Ernest is like a, <laughs> oh, wow. is like some kind of what? like uh, aspiring poet. That did not occur to me at all no. when watching this. But he's like kind of a, a killjoy. Yeah. Because he doesn't want Ernest touching the birdhouse. Even though Ernest's finger is already stuck in the He doesn't realize that his fingers are larger than the normal human fingers. That's true. He doesn't realize that he has comically oversized hands. That are larger than birds. Yeah. So he ends up buying this birdhouse, but then like he just kind of flings it off his finger. And it hits a cop. (laughs) (laughs) Now, are we supposed to understand that that distraction, the cop is chasing Ernest because he hit him with the birdhouse. Is that what distracts the cop from not noticing that there's an actual chase scene Whoa. happening shortly thereafter? I, I don't, is that what it is? That's what I thought it would be because no one's stopping these two men from chasing this right, one man right. through so, a flea market. Because the other thing that's happening at the flea market is that these two henchmen are chasing another thief. Are these the suit and tie henchmen? Yeah, these yeah, are the okay. suit and tie henchmen. I have a note that says, almost Hank Azaria is running through the market chased by 1990s Matrix agents. Yeah, okay, that's what they are. They yeah. are dressed like Matrix and agents. They're, yes. Yeah, they're chasing One this of them guy. has a straight up ponytail. <laughs> he does. So the guy that they're chasing, he's got the diamond eyes. Like, these diamonds are just trading hands all over this movie. Yeah, you never, up until you they never get to quite Ernest. explained how they got to him. They say later that he stole They say them. later. It turns out his name is Assam or something like that? Uh, Mr. Abaz. Mr. Abaz, yeah. okay. So Abaz hides the satchel with the diamonds, the eyes of a goalie. He hides it in like a two for one dollar like, like a uh, little trinket. bucket, like a box yeah, of a little bucket. It's at a little table that's run by apparently uh, Stinky Pete the Prospector from <laughs> Toy right. Story. That's the guy. I was like, he's one hundred percent dressed like Stinky Pete. <laughs> 
two years before Toy Story 2, yeah, guys. That guy hides the diamonds in that guy on that guy's table and then gets chased out of the flea market entirely. And I yeah. guess, yeah, that's why. And the cop doesn't notice because he's chasing Ernest around, I guess. To, well, to say he's chasing him is a little. Yeah, he doesn't really he doesn't chase, chase him. He, he looks in Ernest's direction and Ernest goes, wah, and runs at the camera and then stops as if there's something blocking his way the... other than a camera. <laughs> but, we, but there isn't. The cop is more just following Ernest as yeah. opposed to chasing him. Well, he's you gotta keep an eye interest. on the. Yeah. Suspicious character, yeah. yeah. And this is kind of where we get to know our main bad guy, we should say, because this this movie gets a little bit confusing. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) With the the way in which the bad guys double cross each other, and who hired who, and who stole who, and the amount of bad guys, and the amount of them. There are so many bad guys. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna explain it right now. Do it, yeah. Because we had to get this out the way. Okay, so this is what I got. This bad guy, Thompson. He's the mustachioed guy from the beginning in the plane. Who I will say, decent actor. Yeah, oh, doing he's a great. nice yeah, job. Yeah. He's great. So Thompson and Mr. Abaz, who I'm I'm just gonna say this again, he's in brown face. I'm super offended by that. Wait, he is? Yes. He seems like he is. Oh boy. And he has like I, I the, didn't really, he has the yeah. accent equivalent of brown face. Like, it's like Fisher Stevens. He's just like in, generic in, middle in, in, eastern. Uh, it's worse than circuit. Fisher Stevens. In, but it's like that yeah. that like generic like Middle Eastern ish. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy, it turns out that he stole the eyes of a goalie from our main bad guy, Thompson. Who was hired by another bad guy, Prince Kazim. If you're keeping track of this at home, he's the one who looks like a bad Nathan Lane character. (laughs) (laughs) Prince Kazim hired Thompson, our main bad, to steal the eyes of a goalie. From Thompson, the tribe. Thompson teamed up with this other guy. Indiana together, Jones. Together they stole it, but then Thompson double-crossed his partner, so now only Thompson is left with the eyes of a goalie. But then the guy who hired him to steal them sent Abaz to steal them Wait, from- Wait, he did? Yes! Yes. Oh, I didn't get that at yes, all. Yes, he yeah. sent Abaz to steal them from Thompson, I guess so that he doesn't have to pay Thompson for stealing them in the first place? I mean, it's a good way to save Abaz like $3 cheaper. million. Dollars. Yeah. So Kazim sends somebody to steal them- from Thompson after he's stolen them from the Sinka Tutu tribe. Okay, it's a, like it's such a web of double crossings. And like, is. but that is what I got from watching the movie like six times. They <laughs> take great pains to explain the whole sort of like they six do. degrees of Kevin Bacon. They that's do, happening. but it's still confusing. I think just because. No, I know, but it's almost like they were aware of that. And it's like. We need to ex- like have five separate scenes where someone explains this. Otherwise, it'll make no <laughs> yeah, sense. No. I wish it was at the bottom of the screen, like a jewel tracker <laughs> as to who has it now. Like it's tagging along. Like- well, then it, it, yeah. once it ends up with Ernest, it's just kind of there. But it's mainly like, yeah, you need a flowchart of like who works for who. Yeah. But what it is, is our main bad guy that we spend most of the movie with works for Prince Kazim, who we meet later, who is terrible. And then Thompson uh, basically kills this guy, Abaz, with a bag of snakes. And I was like, oh, a bag of snakes is an Ernest movie thing. Is it? Yes, because there's a bag of snakes and Ernest saves Christmas. Oh man, you're right. And then they're later there's a, a, a and then they're later they knock over another thing of snakes. That's true. I mean snakes <laughs> is, is bags Indiana Jones. Of snakes. Yeah, it's yeah. Indiana Jones. They're not up on you. <laughs> So, in any case, somehow anyway. Ernest ends up with them by buying them from the, the from Rip Stinky Van, Pete. I was gonna say Rip Van Winkle. Oh yeah, that's Rip true. Van Stinky Pete. Rip Van Stinky Pete. <laughs> he buys them two for a dollar. This guy is totally unconscious, right? So Ernest actually like just leaves the money like taped to Stinky Pete. Yeah, with his business card that says Ernest Fix It, Thirteen Elm Street, from TVs which, to toasters. Which is kind of sweet. It's nice. It's an Ernest thing. It's like yeah, he pays for it. It was one of the more yeah. Ernesty things of this film. I mean, even just Ernest looking into the bucket and saying this stuff is really neat oh yeah made me like oh earn it like <laughs> i feel 
kill you. There are still There green. you are, Ernest. <laughs> pushing back his, the wrinkles of his face. But it also attests to the fact that he clearly goes to the flea market a lot because he finds that stuff interesting. And when you, and then we cut to his house where he clearly goes to the flea market a lot because he finds <laughs> yeah. that stuff interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his house is, yeah. It's, his house feels earnesty. It does. It his is. Fa- his house feels like Peewee's house. Like I was yeah. half expecting You're, a door to open up and go. <laughs> well, it's like it's working class Peewee. Sure. It's oh, yeah, tacky. that's a good way. Yeah. It's like it's it's like tacky working class Peewee. Not to say that working class is tacky. Just that Ernest's house happens to be both tacky and working. Well, class. I'm just remembering like you've seen camp mainly, and Ernest doesn't have a house in camp. We have all this context for the other Ernest films yeah. where his house looks a lot. You like haven't this. seen Ernest's oh, okay. house. Yeah, 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 yeah I have it not. usually looks like this. All right. This is the most upsetting scene to me in the entire movie. Uh, um, okay. Um, from a Jim Varney perspective? Jim Varney? I'm sorry, from an Ernest perspective, rather. Yeah, that's the only perspective I got, man. <laughs> you know, like, well, sorry, what do you mean by the you'll most let upsetting? Me, yeah, yeah. Uh, he does the thing which I feel is unforgivable. Oh. First, it's fine. First, he makes a yo-yo out of... He's got these two giant crystals. He's like, what can the I do? The eyes of a goalie. Oh, obviously, I'll make a yo-yo out of them. Yeah. And you get this whole montage of him making a yo-yo. Cutting off his own thumb. Thinking that he's cut off his thumb, getting glue which is, in his which mouth. Which is the exact finger gag that I brought up in your yeah. world as I see it. He loses a tooth. Yeah. Well, he does that. He yeah. he crafts this yo-yo out of these... Two diamonds. Out of these two giant diamonds. And it, it's 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 really cute. I was like, oh, that's clever. He's made a yo-yo, and he paints it. He paints an E on in one side and an R on the other side, like Ernest and, and Renee. Renee. Yeah, it's adorable. It's very sweet. Yeah. Even though it looks like a five-year-old painted it. Uh, and Oh, wait. I just realized what you're talking about, the most unforgivable thing in this movie. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so, so now that he's made this yo-yo, he starts doing yo-yo tricks. Yeah, he's like testing which it is out. Like, which is really cute. I was like, oh. Of course. Of course, Jim Varney can, is like a <laughs> yo-yo course. master. He can do was... a, a variety of the standard yo-yo tricks, walking the dog around the world, rocking the cradle. Yeah, he's doing all the tricks, and he's yelling out to his goldfish. His Jake. goldfish, whose name is Jake. Jake. Not is... unlike the cook from <laughs> Ernest Goes to Camp. This is a weird, par- again, a weird parallel. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's what I mean. Maybe he has flashes of other Ernests, and he's like, I was, I was someone else in another life. <laughs> like sliders? Yeah, maybe. Like and quant- like, he's quantum leaping. Oh, yeah. yeah he, oh, why haven't I leaped yet? <laughs> Jake, Jake, why haven't I leaped yet? <laughs> so Ernest is doing his tricks. Oh, he's, boy. He's, he's testing out the yo-yo, making sure that his gift for Renee is working well. Yeah. And in his excitement, we'll say. He says he's going to do an around the world. Is he, that what it is? It yeah. is, yes. Yep. He's like, I'm going to do this big trick. And his yo-yo goes flying. And it smashes this this fishbowl. Where, J- where Jake lives. Yeah. And this poor fish, this poor fish is like flopping around on the ground, gasping yes. for air. Yep. Already a distressing image to me. I'm yep. a little sensitive. Yeah. I don't like seeing things in distress, mm-hmm. especially genuine distress. like Helpless this, animals. This yep. goldfish, yeah. Yep. Ernest picks it up. It's very distressing because he's like, Jake, oh no. And you're like, oh God, oh God. Okay, it'll be fine, right? Yeah. It's, an, it's Ernest. It'll be fine. <sighs> Spoilers, it's not fine. <laughs> He puts the. F- he says, "I'll get you some water." He yeah. doesn't get him some water. He just puts him down puts the him drink. The, well, he puts him in the sink. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense because there's there can be water in that place. Sure, but then he flops into the sinkhole, the drain, the yeah. drain, <laughs> the drain. Sorry. Yeah, like That's okay. he flops into the drain, and then Ernest says, "Jake, where'd you go? It's dark in there. Let me turn on the light." <laughs> he flips a switch, and it's not a light, guys. No, it is the uh, garbage disposal. Yes. Rest in peace, Jay. I'll just read my notes verbatim. Uh, Ernest murders his fish, quote, maybe this is quiet time, 
close quote, which is what Ernest says that is after absolutely chilling. Yes, and then in all caps, kids movie. <laughs> is it? No. <laughs> Uh, first of all, yeah, you're correct. Okay, I mean, we talked about like responsibility in Slam Dunk Ernest. When kids are watching, there is a layer of responsibility, and I understand that the Ernest audience is made up of both kids and adults. But I still think that you just you just cannot have Ernest kill one of his pets, even accidentally. Even accidentally, I usually I'm not like you shouldn't have Ernest do that, but. In this case, it was just like so jarringly, well, like again, like a Dumb and Dumber thing. Yeah, like it I could feels see, like that. I could see like Jim Carrey's character in Dumb and Dumber doing this. Sure. More easily <laughs> than I could see Jim Varney doing it, even though I am literally watching Jim Varney do it. Right. Ernest does weird things, but he's not so stupid in other movies that he wouldn't know what his garbage disposal was, and he wouldn't he wouldn't be so careless as to do something that would murder one of his pets. I don't think. No, he never comes remotely close to doing anything no, well, like he's, that. Look, he's never dangerous. Absolutely. He should never cause death. To anyone, he should never be dangerous to, to anyone, anyone other, other than, than himself. himself. Exactly. Yeah. When he's just hurting Ernest, like, yeah. it's funny, but when it hurts other people or other characters, when it kills it's not other fun characters. anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, him killing the goldfish was just simply like, that just hurt, man. Yeah, sure. It just hurt me. Agreed. So anyway, now that Ernest has this yo-yo, which is sweet and is an Ernesty thing, yeah, he takes this yo-yo to Renee at the warm waffle or wanna waffle at the waffle place. <laughs> and it's kind of sweet. Like she's actually like, "Oh my gosh, you got me something!" Until she finds out that it's a yo-yo, and then she's like, "Oh." She says it's unique. I made it myself. I'm pretty good with my hands. Unique. Which is true. Yeah, that's like saying, like, you're such a nice personality. I think she's responding to the fact that it looks like it was made by a five-year-old. Sure. It's not the most sexy. It's also not something <laughs> she'd ever use. Like she Right, it's something know. that Ernest would like. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But he says, he says, yeah, I made it myself. I'm pretty good with my hands. I appreciate how he tries to sell himself. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't work at all. Well, it's so actually he's, devastating. He's, he's trying to ask her out is essentially what's going on in this yeah. scene. Yeah, he's giving her the gift as a prelude to him officially asking her out. To sweeten her up a little bit. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. doesn't work out. Renee, I, I was kind of wondering maybe if you and I, maybe one afternoon... Ernest, I really appreciate this gift and all, but I just don't think you and I could ever be. I mean, I need someone who can add thrills and adventure to my life. I guess Renee thinks that Ernest is too ordinary of a, in her words, uh, schmo for her. Because she hasn't watched any Ernest movies. Yeah. <laughs> and she's been reading too many romance novels. And watching too many Indi- Illinois, Illinois, Illinois Smith, Smith, Smith movies. movies yeah. Yes. Well, they both love Illinois, Illinois Smith movies. I mean, yeah. how could you not? The it's, classics. It's, see, that's what I mean. Like, this is like alternate universe Ernest where he hasn't done any of the amazing things that the other Ernests have done. Right. And maybe he needs to go to Africa to realize his greatness. Maybe he needs to be in a fight to the death. Maybe he needs to maybe poke his fingers to, into a crocodile. Maybe he nose. needs to expand his horizons. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of sweet because he says, she says, I'll always treasure your gift. I have a whole shelf of Schmoe knickknacks at home. And he's like, yeah, me too. Like, they're the same. <laughs> like, they're both small town. They both like small town knickknacks. They, they feel like they're both at the same place in their life. Yeah. yeah. They're both kind of doing like working class jobs. They both yeah. have like similar, like a routine, but they also have like a like a thirst for something more. Yeah. She also kind of feels like another Ernest in this movie in many ways. She I was has, uh, I was going to suggest that, but I know in the past when I've suggested that people are like Ernest. Yeah, but in this some, movie it feels like 
backlash, let's say. Yeah, but in this movie, it seems like some of his earnestness has almost been like sort of given to Renee. Mm, that's fair. Yep. She has the aspirations, the higher aspirations that yeah. the earnest normally has in one of yeah, the other she, movies. That's, that's true. Right. She's, I mean, he's usually the one that's like, I want this. Oh, I want to raise my station somehow. Yeah, but this time it's Renee. That's yeah. interesting. And like she walks away. She gets kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as it turns, because the bad guys are watching this. And when he gives her the yo-yo, they're like, oh, that's the handoff. They call him Agent 37? 32. Agent 32. Why do they think he... So they think that Ernest is an agent. So they see Ernest giving this satchel to Renee, and they're like, oh, she's another agent also. Yeah. Renee has been kidnapped by Thompson and Bazoo. His bodyguard. Bazoo. I kind of like Bazoo. Not his bodyguard. His main... His muscle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like Bazoo. They take her to a hangar. And sort of tie her up to a uh, Ooh, what a, is it? a forklift. A forklift. And yeah, that some... like stretches her. Yeah. I have a weird Poor theory. Renee. I have a weird theory about Thompson. He must have he has such ambitions to be like this like evil mastermind, yeah. like James Bond villain, that I think he just fabricates these things in his head that are so like Oh, that guy just gave a bag to a girl? He must be Agent 32, which is literally no one. Like, that comes <laughs> from right, no one. out of nowhere. He yeah. made it up, yeah. I, I, I was... 32. Agent 32, a.k.a. Ernest. It's like, where are you even getting this from? Like, the leaps that he makes from such scant visual evidence are astounding. Yeah. <laughs> and he never drops the Agent 32 thing. Like, that's, that's a he runner calls for the... It to, he calls him Agent 32 to the end. To the, the end. bitter end. He's, like, threatening Renee, and, and he's like, it has come to our attention, Miss Loomis, that you are an agent for Kazim. And I, my note on this is, no, it hasn't. Based on what, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> also, who is Kazim? Like, at this point, we still haven't met Yeah, exactly. Kazim. We, we, we we've we've, we've met Kazim's also, house. who is yeah. Kazim? Yes. Okay. That was my biggest question. Like, who is Kazim? And, and to explain what I mean by that, let me explain who Kazim is. Yes. Yeah. And Renee is just tied up on a forklift, just being like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, she calls him, like, the Egali eyes or whatever. That, yeah, I don't have your Egali eyes. I like Renee. Renee's I great think, in this movie. I think Linda Cash, I think she's really funny. I think Linda Cash is really funny. I think too. she's doing a great job. She plays really well off Jim Barney. I think they have great chemistry. Mm-hmm. She plays irritating to Thompson Straight Man well. Mm. She plays against the Bazoo well. Mm-hmm. She's kind of doing the earnest thing where she just keeps talking to diffuse the situation. Like, like she just doesn't stop she, talking. It, she is very earnesty in that way. I wrote that down too. Is she right. almost a little bit more like Ernest than Ernest in this movie? I thought that more than once. Wow. Because yeah. I, I, I there were scenes where I thought that too. I thought they were trying to play her as the female Ernest. That's, but they that's forgot, kind of cool. But though. they forgot to make him the male Ernest. <laughs> I think you are right on the money. That's a great point. Yeah. Wait, so what if in oh, this universe, go. Ernest is actually female? He jumped into Renee's so body. She, Whoa. She is Ernest. And the Ernest we're seeing is, I don't know who the Ernest we're seeing is. Someone else? Someone else. Someone Chuck. else. Someone else. So they're threatening Renee and they're getting super up close to her to the point where she's just like, ugh, you really need to brush your teeth, fella. Yeah, Bazu. She was, she's always, yeah. Cut to Ernest. Who's, brushing who's his teeth. Actually brushing his <laughs> okay, teeth. Okay, I wrote that down too. It's like, okay, Renee told Bazoo, you need to brush your teeth, and then it comes to Ernest brushing his teeth. So what is that saying? Is like that 
he actually is the ideal man for her. Oh, wow. That's not what I thought. I was just like, this is a really funny match cut. <laughs> it's like a thematic, it's like a thematic edit. Yeah. Because I'm taking this movie as a romantic comedy. Right. That is, That's I mean, how I didn't, I'm I didn't think about it. I thought of it as some, as some weird kind of like Sergei Eisenstein level edit to like, of like themes. <laughs> but very, they're always to, Kubrick. But yeah. they're together to the whole movie just like bantering. Yeah. Right. That's what I took it. I was like, okay, Ernest is like, he completes her. So Thompson calls Ernest, who answers, a Lego phone? Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> to be very specific, it's the Tycho Blocks phone from the late 1980s. And I guess they got his number off of the Ernest Fixit card yeah, yeah. that he taped to Stinky Pete yeah. uh, when he paid him for yeah. the eyes of a right. goalie. I laughed at this phone conversation. This is one of the best scenes of the movie. <laughs> Ernest, Ernest thinks it's a prank phone call, but he also is just genuinely confused by what's going on. Because the first thing he says is, how did Aunt Ruthie get my new number? The doctors aren't supposed to let her use the phone. What? I didn't well, understand that joke. I believe he has an Aunt Ruthie who's not supposed to like I like for somebody that was a Maybe that, that's that the only sense. person that calls him. So and when the and phone And it's Jim Varney in a wig. Yeah. So so I think that's what it is. That his Aunt Ruthie is the only person that calls him. Sure. <laughs> sure. And he apparently changed his number because he says, How did Aunt Ruthie get my, my new, new number? number. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't know the backstory of Aunt Ruthie. But so they put Renee on with him. She's expositing. They threaten that they're going to stretch Renee out with the forklift. These to the guys extent. are going to kill me if you don't bring these eyes of a goalie things. Your girlfriend's going to be two feet taller. And of course, Ernest is like, two feet taller? Well, she'll never be able to wear that blue dress again. That's what he thinks? Yeah. That's the first thing? Come on, Ernest. <laughs> I also like that Linda Cash, uh, Renee says, I'm not his, not his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She t- like of all the things great. of all the things that she's like upset about. She's like, wait, hold yeah, on, wait, let's get one like, thing straight. Yeah, if your boyfriend doesn't come here to kill you, when he's just she's just like he's not my boyfriend. Yeah. What I like is that Ernest hangs up, and this is the part that made me laugh out loud. Oh, me but- too. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Thompson's like, just bring me the eyes of a goalie, or Renee's gonna get it. Hangs up. Ernest is like, wait a minute. If I've got this guy goalie's eyes, how did he dial the phone? <laughs> that, that made me laugh. I felt like so stupid for laughing at that. It was the way he walks up to the cat. Like there's a long dramatic pause, and he walks up to the camera and looks like really suspicious. Yeah, that's also a great moment of earnest lateral thinking kind of thing. Yeah, where it's just like, <laughs> that's yes. That's almost like what the blue dress comment is trying to be. Yeah, it's trying to be that like he's Your, so his brain went yeah. in a different yeah. direction yep. than the, like yes. Yeah, that's a great earnesty moment. And at this <laughs> moment, we know we, he doesn't know that those jewels are important at all, right? Wait, no, what? he doesn't even. He doesn't no, even know they're jewels. I mean, he knows they're jewels. They say the eyes of a goalie. They never say like these diamonds. diamonds. If yeah, they yeah. said like being diamonds, oh, yeah, he might right. be like, yeah. "Oh, the diamonds so I bought at the flea market." Like, but they don't say that. They just say the That's eyes true. of a goalie over and over. To a good effect, I think, in the way that you're describing, where it's like, yeah, he oh, okay, yeah. yeah, he doesn't know. I mean, but he's like, okay, Renee's been kidnapped. But this is Ernest. He's like, well, I have to go save her, even though I have no idea what I'm doing and I don't have the thing they want. Right. Yeah. So in a true Ernesty fashion, he does show up. I liked Ernest sneaking into the garage. He, just, he doesn't sneak, he but just, his walk is very like... It's a saunter. He's so it's, tentative, yeah. Yeah. though. Like, he's like, Renee, are you in this hangar <laughs> that I was told to come to? 
he looks really vulnerable. Yeah. Like there's a si- when he pops up, it's like a silhouette of him, and he just looks like the most vulnerable like thing. And you're like, oh no. Yeah, he's like backlit. It's Ernest- actually a nice shot. Don't- yeah, he's like Renee, and Thompson is just like, bring me the eyes of a goalie, and like Ernest has shown up empty-handed just because he wanted to save Renee. He has no clue about he has the no eyes clue of a goalie. What's yeah, going yeah, yeah. On. Right. So they're just or like, what to do to save her? Like no, yeah, I mean, nothing. That, that's what I'm trying that's to say. What yes. I, that's what was so sweet to me though. Like he has he has no plan. No. He just shows up <laughs> no. like I don't know. I'll show up. I don't know what you're trying to pull, Agent Thirty Two. You saunter in here without the eyes. You know I'm going to have to kill both of you. Both of us. Both, both of, of us? us. Is he worried that he's gonna get killed? Or Renee? Or is he like? Is he yeah, like? Is he upset either. that he's gonna get killed in addition to Renee? Or is he upset that Renee's gonna get killed in addition to him? I was trying to read the line. I think he's so confused by the situation. He's like, I just got here. That's you know? yeah. <laughs> that was sort of my thinking I was of it. Literally just thinking that exact thing. Like, I just I got just here. Got like, here. I literally just got Guys, here. Just Why are up. you gonna kill yeah. me? Like, I. Uh, <laughs> I think yeah, I think that's on point. Why? Why? Like she's in trouble for some reason. Yeah. But I didn't. But I just. I literally just got here. Why should I be killed like, too? Wait, what did I do? Yeah. And then and then Thompson says that they they're going to take them to Africa. I don't even remember why. He's like, oh, you'll see your boss Kazim again when you arrive in Africa. If you think they're agents from Africa. Why is sending them back to Africa a threat? Well, the Dorothy scene explains why later because they've been found oh, out, so now they're, they're going to get the Dorothy treatment. Okay. Yeah, we'll get the Dorothy. So he thinks they're going to get punished by Kazim yeah, I think if his... he sh- drops them on Kazim's gotcha. doorstep. They're gotcha. going to get punished. His thinking is, I found your agents. Here they are. The deal's off. I'm going to keep the jewels. Basic, I think the idea is something like that. Oh, like I have leverage against you now because of, because I found your agents wow. who are not your agents. Well done, Dan. Well done. But I will say, the most, one of the most reasonable things said in this entire movie is when Ernest says, I can't go to Africa. I haven't had my shots. <laughs> like, like, it's like, it's like yep. yeah, Ernest, that's true. You're right. He's thinking. You're right. You're absolutely right. Because I would think the exact same thing. Then they just put them on a plane to Africa, I'm assuming, without any shots. I'm like, oh, dear God. And for some malaria. reason, I picture them in the cargo section of the plane. Once they arrive in Africa, Ernest comes out of the plane say- talking about a movie, saying that they watched a movie on the flight. Which seems impossible doubly because he's been in a burlap sack <laughs> ostensibly the entire trip. I think he says, I've missed the movie. Like, I didn't, I, I didn't get, like, something along oh. the lines of, like, Oh, I hope they what... played on the flight back because I missed it this time okay, because I was in the not... sack. By the way, guys, before we get too far in, so we're in Africa now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in Africa. We cut to Africa. Ernest is in a burlap sack. The B- Bangani Airport. Shout a... out to the Bangani Airport. That's right. And uh, so there's like a third henchman. It's like this random British guy who's also in brown face and I'm really not okay with it. He drags Ernest. Are you Ernest... really? Are you... Is he in brown face? He is. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, there's a visible makeup line. Why just cast? Yeah. Just cast the African <laughs> Yes. But so he he drags Ernest out of the back of this truck in a sack. And there actually is a decent gag of like swapping out the sacks where like he's dragging Ernest and you can see like what I'm assuming is Jim Varney like wriggling. Please tell me they didn't put Jim Varney That's in the sack. That was my question. No, please. Oh, okay. Uh, like, like uh, I have it written see, down. I always assume it is because he's such a physical actor. But given what we know about like his questionable physical state in yeah, this movie. Yeah, okay. This, they, yeah, they, they pull this sack out of a plane, right? And it goes boom on the ground. I'm like... Okay, and I thought it was like 
just like a sack with like a, a vague human shape in it. Right. But then it starts moving around like a person. Right. I was like, oh, there's a person in that bag that they just pulled out of the plane. And then I was like, please tell me that's not Jim. I ass- please tell me it's a double. Yeah. Because I, from the other Ernest movies, I always assume physical humor. Well, the thing is, he was moving around Varney. in a very Varney-like that's fashion. What, that's what gave it away. Because I thought it was because of how he moved. To me, it seems like Jim Varney in the bag because of the way his head was yes. moving. Yeah. But it could have been a very good... I really hope it is. Because the thing about this movie, I should sidebar to say... What can, how can I say this? Um, this movie did make me think about Jim Varney. Sure. Usually, whatever is going on in Jim Varney's life is not a factor when we're watching these movies. It doesn't necessarily show up on screen. never impacts mm-hmm. the screen until, I think, this movie... Yeah. Where I really, really noticed, like, he he's not well. Yeah. He's kind of, like, dragging himself around the screen. I think labored. Yeah, I was going to say. Because yeah. usually Ernest is really, like, energetic and, you know, he's very bouncy and he can do these, like, really sharp moves. Yeah. There's a it's snappiness very, to how he yeah. moves that is, isn't in this one. It's not here because no. it really looks like he's he looks really tired. He's, he's aged a whole lot since the last movie we saw. He looks like he's aged about, like, ten years in just a few years. Yeah, it's only two years since uh, Slam Dunk Ernest, right? Yeah. You can really see that he's not okay. He's not well, yeah. And, you know, I, I love Jim Vardy. It hurts to see him hurt. And yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, agreed. So when Ernest is in situations like he's in a bag and like jumping around going, where am I? Like, I feel like a little more like, ugh. I feel like he could get hurt in this movie. Right. Because he's not as spry. He seems a little more delicate. Yeah. And you're yeah, like, oh, like that's kind of also made this movie harder for me. Like, I can see it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's kind of tough. Yeah, absolutely. Because after they put him in the sack, he, he falls out of the back of the truck. You're right. right. They take him out of the plane and put, and that's the gag I was talking about. They swap out the actual human off screen with a, a dummy and they throw the yeah, dummy the into dummy the truck. In the and I was like, and, oh, that was yeah, well Yeah, that done. was clever. Mm-hmm. But then the sack, which presumably has Ernest inside, falls out the back of a truck. Falls out the, the back of a truck. And I was like, oh gosh. Him falling out of the plane, I thought was Varney. Him falling out of the car, I thought was not Varney. I would, uh, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Yeah. The, only, the other thing we need to point agree. out about the sack is the way we know it's Ernest besides its movement is the hat is clearly outlined <laughs> by, <laughs> yes. by somehow there's some kind of tape or something holding the, yeah. his, the sack to his forehead so I we know he's wearing a hat. That. I like that. He pulls himself out of this sack, but then he immediately falls into a river. Crocodile River. Poor Ernest. We do see that Ernest does survive the fall. He crawls out of the river, meets up with a crocodile. And to, I guess, defeat the crocodile, which is very comically shoved into the scene, <laughs> uh, he just, like, two-finger pokes it in the nose and then pulls, like, a bunch of, like, snot out. And, of course, as is Ernest's way goes, ew. It's, like, 90s, gross-out, They also They also stuff. use that ew joke a lot in this movie. The, there's, like, that. gross... Yeah, he says he ew, does like, three lot. times in this movie. Yeah. You know what? Way to go, Ernest. Any other man might be like, oh, God, I'm dead. But he's like, okay, I've fallen out of the... I'm out of the back of the truck. Okay, I'm near water. Okay, what do I do? He's got a survival instinct. He, yeah, I think Ernest adapts very well to the situation he's found himself yeah. in and is managing a lot better than most people would. Yeah, Ernest's arc in this movie is going from what he perceives to be an ordinary person to discovering that he actually is an extraordinary person. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which is, I think, usually his arc. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We cut back to uh, Renee, who's been tied up again and is, is about to be interrogated by Bazoo. And Poor Renee. she's been doing the, the earnest thing for a lot of this movie where she's in like a tense situation where she's captured. She's trying to talk her way out of things. And 
for a moment, I really believed that uh, it was going to turn out that she was Agent Thirty Two, and that she was like, <laughs> and that she was like oh. a sleeper agent in Ohio, I guess, and that she would like overpower and like take care of Bazoo and like take him out, sort of like oh, wow. assess the situation. Well, because she's talking about like, like I was a cheerleader, I, I do like cartwheels. Should we do some cartwheels? And then I was like, oh, oh she's, you thought she's he gonna, was going like, to like step gonna, forward like, and she's going to kick, kick him, <laughs> and this is going to be amazing. <laughs> no, that did not happen. She, no. she does have later moments of like badassery. But no, yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. Heck yeah. In in the Linda Cash trilogy, yeah. we've had Nan, who's essentially the Willie Scott of the Ernest films. Sure. We've had uh, Gerda, who for all intents and purposes can be Elsa because of the Germanic overtones. And so I figured this would be kind of the Marion Ravenwood of the Linda Cash trilogy, where she's pulling the Karen Allen Indiana Jones role of being sort of a more active, feisty woman. Well, uh, she's definitely the one for Indy. Like, I think yes. in terms of all the love interests in, that in, Ernest has had, she is by far, she's the best match. Yeah, and in that sense, she is Marion Ravenwood. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. She is a female Ernest. Yep. And and the fact that this doesn't work out is actually starting to hurt me now that we're saying that out loud. I have something to say about that end part. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so Ernest has gotten out of the river. He is, is sneaking around trying to find Renee. Finds her immediately. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Yeah. It's, it's very convenient. <laughs> so... Uh, this scene. So I think where she's being held, I think, is like a country club. It looks like a country club. In, they call Af- it- in Africa? You're correct. I think Thompson like runs a country club where all these British, they, all his customers are like British guys. Yeah. Right? And that's that weird sense of like underlying colonialism that's again. What, yeah, it's that's the 1940s-ness where- of it where it's yes. like, like colonial British people just are here and yeah, exist in this world British for some British people reason. taking a holiday yeah. in They're like here Africa. for the golfing. Like what you go to Africa for. Golf. Golf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are here for the golfing because they all have golf clubs. Yes. And so, do, and so does Kazim whatever Kazim Kazim oh god and then this is okay so oh boy can I, how do we get into this I'm gonna, I'm gonna intro this by by my thought processes so we see Ernest sneaking around this country club yep we see a close-up of Ernest pulling clothing off a clothesline and you're like now now in the beginning of this film in yep. the opening title you sequence promised, you were promised something there, there was <laughs> there we see we see my favorite non-earnest character auntie nelda show yeah. up and i'm like okay there's a precedent for this pulling clothes off a clothesline he's gonna dress up as auntie nelda my note on this is in all caps all snap are we gonna get auntie nelda three question marks oh, no. my next note is all caps nope instead it's a super offensive stereotype oh boy so this is uh, Ernest in brownface. Aaron? <laughs> um, you know I love you, Ernest. You know I, I adore you. So when I say this, I say it with the utmost confidence that you have no idea what you're doing. But this is not okay. No. This is extraordinarily inappropriate. <laughs> this is very inappropriate. I cannot, yes. As a general rule, do not in any way brown yourself and then pass yourself off as another ethnicity and play out a stereotype of that ethnicity. I mean, what is he even, is he supposed not to just, be? And not just Ernest. Anyone. Anyone. Yeah. anyone. <laughs> Ever. I cannot overstate this. <laughs> yeah. Never do this. Yes. And the other weird part about it, besides all the... 
We haven't so, even said yes. Besides so all that, he, the fact that he's essentially an Indian person, right, or some okay, vaguely this was okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. Ernest, he puts on. Does he wrap he his head a, in a towel? In a towel. He and takes a, and two towels. So he makes yeah. a turban thing and, uh, and some kind like of like a loincloth. And he and he makes a little skirt, like a skirt. It's more yeah, like yeah, a skirt. Yeah, yeah. And then he passes himself off as he says that his name is Hey You. I thought it was A. No, it's Hey You. Because when people say because yeah, people say Hey You, he's like, oh, see, everybody knows my name. Hey You. You see, I am on first name basis with big shots. Like, he tries to go into the country club, and, like, this British guy stops and is like, hey, you can't go in there. And he's like, oh, that's okay, I work here, my name is Hey You. His accent upset me greatly. It's a character that's not even, if we, even if we, like, accept the, the parts of it that we find distasteful, the character itself isn't interesting in the way that a lot of his other characters are, I think. No, I mean, it's there's nothing, just there's kind nothing of a stereotype, it. that's the thing. There's nothing it's, to it's it, It's non-stop you know? stereotypes, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, he tries to get into the, the country club. He gets in. And then once he's in the country club he's like attending to thompson and trying to i guess get an idea of where renee is but like one of his lines is like he's asking thompson what kind of ice he wants in the drink he's gonna get him and he says like cubed or shaved or majestic one whose flip-flop is the serving spoon of the bowl this is the closest we get to like that meaty like theatrical dialogue and i can't enjoy it i did enjoy the lines i guess series kind of, of he has like five of them i actually thought they were pretty good i'm not giving him a pass and saying it's okay to do this but i can't appreciate right. I, I the clever lines saying. he's saying yeah everything he says to thompson about how rich and elite he is i wrote them all down by the way <laughs> <laughs> toe jam is the toothpaste of the unworthy yeah earwax is the high price spread and whose spittle is sacred oh and urinal is the soup bowl of the poor <laughs> His urinal is the soup bowl of the poor. But anyway, like, after he leaves... Uh, uh, I did not like that. By the way, Thompson, like, kicked him. Yeah, he yep. just get off of him. Yep, yep. And I was like, no. No, no, no. Can I lighten the situation a little bit? Yes. Because the last thing that Hey You does, sneaking around the corridors of this country club... He's, like, look, looking through different doors to find try to find out anything about anything He's about looking through house. doors going, Renee, yeah. Renee. Yeah, yeah. He like, opens one that's in the middle of this country estate that leads to, like, a torture dungeon. Which is where Renee is. Which is, like, oh, Renee's yeah. in, like, this really, like, really, like, oddly, like, hard cement He opens the door. Room, and he can see her from, like, the hallway. <laughs> yeah. The next room, which is, like, the parlor, which is, like, bizarre to me. He finds an urn <laughs> in the hallway... Sneaks into a closet. He also snaps his finger like, oh, got it. I got the obvious thing I should do in this situation. What you should have done from step one, <laughs> grabs the urn, walks into a closet, out comes Auntie Nelda. Auntie Nelda. And in my notes, all caps, and out comes Auntie Nelda. A diamond mine, Harold says. We'll be wealthy beyond our wildest dreams. Unfortunately, he didn't tell me where the mine was before he took the deep six. <laughs> Auntie Nelda, she... This always works. It really like, does. It, it's amazing. It never fails. It's astounding <laughs> how this can't fail. Have I mentioned no, that I love no, Auntie Nelda? No person has ever been like, that's not an old woman. <laughs> never. <laughs> Every single time. Everyone falls for it. Because they're so uncomfortable. <laughs> hey, lady, what you doing here? Get out of here. If you people will excuse me, I've come to bury my husband, Harold, in the flames of the gentleman's club he was so fond of. I felt bad for Bazoo. Wait, why? In this, Because he was so confused. No, I have in my notes, Bazoo reacts as any sane person would to yeah. an old lady talking to herself, entering <laughs> your torture dungeon. <laughs> 
Because that's what, what happens is she, says, she leaves the closet and she yeah. doesn't stop talking from the moment she leaves the closet to when she smashes that's with, right. the, with the urn. She's just talking the whole time. She's carrying his urn and she says it's her late husband, Harold, right? Yeah. And then two sentences later... The husband becomes Arnold? Arnold. Oh, okay. And then he becomes Harold again. So I was like, wait, is <laughs> this... Not even, he's is, not even being consistent. The story is not straight. <laughs> and, and yes, Baz's reactions are amazing. He's just like, what are you doing here? Like, he is so confused. Like, Baz's yes. brain is inverting because he has no idea what's he happening. He can't process... That's right. This, this person should not be here. I, I think Bazoo's complete inability to process what was happening. I think the actor sold it. Oh, yeah. It was like, he was just like, what, what is... Like, what is this character doing here? Like, <laughs> this is not a funeral home. Now get out! They smoked enough cigars here to kill four men. What? What are you talking about? I he ha- sounds so distressed. I half believe they didn't tell the actor that Melda was going to show up. <laughs> because it's, it is such a genuine reaction. It's how someone would react to that. Absolutely. Yeah, he's genuinely... He's just utterly confused. <laughs> like, usually Auntie Nelda works by making the person, like, uncomfortable and want to leave. Yeah. But, like, this works because Bazoo is just completely... Flabbergasted. Yeah. So, after all of this uh, confusion, Ernest as Auntie Nelda just hits Bazoo in the head with the urn. Yeah. Hitting Bazoo in the head with the urn makes the breaking plate sound effect from Wet Hot American Summer, or alternatively, the flower pot crashing sound effect from the Clerks cartoon. And then it was a really nice Ernest moment, is that he finds it difficult to break character. That's what I was that- after like <laughs> oh what a fetching color my dear thanks you can untie me now oh yeah sorry she's like <laughs> he kind of goes back and forth a little bit and I wrote yeah. Ernest is Nelda and they fight for control of one brain <laughs> Well, I wrote, there's a reason we never see too much of the Ernest transition from one character to another. Oh. This Auntie Nelda halfway point, yikes. Terrifying. Yeah. He, like, kind of pulls off his wig and starts to pull off the neck brace, and you're like, oh, oh, like, it's really upsetting. It is really bizarre. It's not the last transition, either. (laughs) That later one's great, though. Ernest is a special person. I think maybe he's discovering all these gifts now for the first time. I'm sorry, are you suggesting that Ernest Goes to Africa is a prequel? And now he'll realize his true earnestness rather than ordinariness. Yeah. And then Ernest and Renee, they're basically like camping now. So they steal a golf cart and they drive away and Ernest starts, he talks about his NASCAR days. <laughs> that was great. If it hadn't been for my NASCAR training, they might have caught us on that last turn. And then he says something about Dale Earnhardt, right? He says like, yeah. there's a time when Dale Earnhardt And then Renee's just not having any of and it. And she just interrupts him. It's funny because when he said the Dale Earnhardt thing, it almost made me think of like pop. Where it's like, hey, it reminds me of the time with Dale Earnhardt and Harriet. And we went to get that Chevrolet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I could see you're related to that person. Oh, man, Ernest will become pop. At exactly. least in this movie, he's yeah. going to become this pop. This Ernest will, yes. Yeah, this Ernest will become pop. Oh, man. And then again, I'm like, okay, wait, how ordinary small town are you if you had NASCAR days? Or and you were in Nam. Or are they just blatant lies in this? That's a great question. I cannot tell. I think it's one of those things where like Ernest has to discover his importance and his self-worth. Mm. And all these instances of his past, he's downplaying the important parts, like the NASCAR thing, I guess. And he's playing up the part that he never went more than two blocks away when he went to the treating. So eventually he has to figure out that, wait, hold on. The NASCAR thing is just as worth noting as this other thing. Oh, wait, I'm amazing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've had a really interesting life. Yeah. 
Yeah. I didn't even realize. So yeah, now now Ernest and Renee are basically camping, and this is like okay. Now they're solidly together. This is like the romantic comedy thing. Mm-hmm. They definitely play into it a lot more, especially by the, at this point. Now that they're together on this journey, yeah, it starts playing it up a lot more. Now that they're in the wilderness, like there's this scene where she asks Ernest to go get firewood. It's getting dark. They there's, have there's evil cartoon eyes in the woods, <laughs> just like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. This is where Ernest like randomly has. A bunch yeah. of gear, gear Ra- random yeah. suit contraptions. Where did these come from? I wrote. This is kind of different because usually he like builds things, but in this case, he just has these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, in the vest, he has rhino gloves. All right, he has bug yes. repellent, which causes another e scene. Just to interject, it's Tulip Brothers bug repellent. Is it? Yep. Oh, okay. He has NATO-approved snake leggings. <laughs> Good. Nuclear. Uh, nuclear. Nuclear killer bee repulsor helmet. Oh. Rhino wrestling. Gloves. Loves, which is my favorite cut of his because the way he says it and the angle on him is really right. great. My state-of-the-art rhino wrestling gloves, my trusty chainsaw, and last but not least, some bananas to bribe the monkeys. It's always good, Renee, to have the monkeys on your side. That was the one that made me that laugh. That made me laugh. Too. And then the thing that made me laugh was the following thing, which is where he starts to go into the, the wilderness and says, Stand back, local species. I'm coming for the wood. He's a species, right? Yeah. Okay, I was wondering if I heard wrong. Like, like he's assuming like that's what the plural of species is, and it might be. Oh. What What made me laugh about that was just the sounds yeah. as he was walking in. Oh, the like, like the, robot the, the sounds. Mechanical yeah. sounds. Sometimes Ernest becomes a robot. <laughs> and like he comes out and like his clothes are all torn up, and he has firewood. But by the time he emerges, like Renee's already found her own wood and built a fire. Yeah. Like, this is one of the most frustrating scenes. This is the turning point of their relationship where when oh, Re- Renee starts to catch feelings for Ernest. Well, she compares him to Illinois, Illinois Smith. Smith. They're sitting in front of a fire, yep. romantic. Oh, can we backtrack for a second? When he comes out of the out of the woods uh-huh. and she's already built the fire, I don't know if anyone else caught, like, there was an oddly, like, sexual vibe to how she yeah. was standing. Yeah. No, I did. I did. It, look, it would remind me of, like, Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters when she answers the door. She was standing in such a pose that it felt to me like someone had told her to stand in a sexy well, yeah. Yeah. And the shorts that Linda Cash's character are wearing throughout this movie, I felt bad for the actress They're a little really bit. Short. They're oh, really short. She's wearing like a short. really short waitress yeah. uniform. But anyway, he, she compares him to Illinois Smith. You rescued me from Thompson's Killers. I mean, you were just like that really handsome guy from those adventure movies, Illinois Smith. And he should pick up... Damn it! He knows that she wants someone like Illinois Smith. Well, the point of this scene is, I think, is to show the beginnings of when he finds out his self-worth and becomes like Illinois Smith, she realizes that's not what she wants because that kind of person Mm. becomes self-absorbed. Oh, interesting. I think that's what it—that's what—that's what it's supposed to showcase. Because he completely misses the cue at all. It's so yeah, like he, she basically tells him to kiss her. Yeah. Yeah, Ernest. Do you remember when he kissed the girl? Yeah. And then he pulls out his bullwhip and he jams the handle in the gears and they all flew off the truck. I thought it was more like he was getting excited about a movie that he saw. Yeah. I thought that too. That's what, I, thought, like, I kind of thought both a little bit. And then she falls asleep against the rock. She yes. just curls him onto a rock and falls <laughs> asleep. The most uncomfortable position <laughs> possible. so uncomfortable. But it was such a funny like moment for her to just be like, all right, I'm done with this. I'm just going to sleep against this jagged rock. he keeps rock. saying, like, do you remember that scene? Do you remember? She's like, yeah. Yeah. I remember. Let's make out, damn it. Damn it, Ernest. I'm like, no. You, she, she. 
This is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> how how many times has Ernest tried with a love interest? Tried, 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 and it doesn't work out. She's just like, here I am. I think he's accepted the fact that she's not interested in him. No, but then he then just later misses he his cue. Yeah. No, this ship sails. Yeah. Right after after this scene, that was kind of it. This was his window. Yeah. It aggravated me because I was like, damn it, Ernest. You're what, looking for What love. could have been? Ah. When they cut to a yawning I want Ernest to find a nice female Ernest and settle down. You know, I if, want him to anyone, be happy. If he should settle down with anyone, Renee is yeah. the person he should settle down he with. Blew he, he blew it. He blew it. It was so frustrating. Oh, Ernest. And yeah, Renee, Renee goes to sleep on a rock, and I guess Ernest goes to sleep on the golf cart. Well, they wake up in vastly different positions <laughs> than where they fell asleep. Ernest wakes up, like, hung over the golf like cart like over a, a dish bar. towel. Yeah. But then he's, like, stuck in that position. Like, he's stuck in the bed over position like there's a long protracted scene of him trying to get into the golf cart so they get into the golf cart and oh and he says vietnam again right well because where he brings up they they put he puts some shrubbery essentially like some foliage on top of the the golf cart right they're driving along bazoo is in a helicopter right and um and he says to renee who's questioning this decision to to cover their cover the golf cart with a giant bush yeah uh, he says yeah it's a little trick i learned in nam it's called Camouflage. <laughs> oh, tell me more. Yeah, about what a fascinating this, new concept <laughs> called camouflage. <laughs> Wait, so he he's been to Vietnam, but he thinks he's he's a small town schmo that was in NASCAR and has been to Vietnam. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But he's explaining that it's for the purposes of evading capture, and it's so that Bazoo in the helicopter doesn't notice them. Which of course he does. There's a large bush moving down the road. What? Well, and then Renee says very correctly, and why would they notice us? Two very white people in a bushy golf cart somewhere in the middle of Africa happens all the time. I'm sure there are white people in Africa. We've seen almost <laughs> exclusively <of> <laughs> white people in Africa. But um, but Renee says it happens all the time, and I thought this was very earnesty too. He just replies, it does? <laughs> well, then he starts eating poison ivy. Which, again, with more earnest backstory, he says, I learned about it in survival school. This earnest went to survival he, school. Yeah. He, he's which done is a, a lot. He's got a very interesting yeah. backstory. He just yeah. doesn't he have doesn't the self-worth. Really to yeah. talk about. I guess he doesn't understand how interesting his life has been. He's just like, oh, everyone does this? Yep. And again, a weird parallel with Ernest Goes to Camp. What is, what does that sentence say right there? <laughs> yeah, it's an Ernest Goes to Camp parallel, which is like an alternate universe where he learned none of the lessons from Ernest Goes to Camp <laughs> because he doesn't remember what Poison Ivy looks like. Correct. Since he didn't learn this lesson, he starts eating it. Renee says, Renee, I didn't know you could eat Poison yeah. Ivy. And then he's confused. He's poison. He basically goes, Poison Ivy. And then... At which, while she's looking away, he like guzzles. Calamine lotion. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's, it's gross. It's terrible. It's gross, yeah. They drive up to this village, right? And they're like... This is my favorite scene in the movie. It's one of my favorites, too, actually. Renee and Ernest are being chased both by Kazim's goons and by Thompson and Bazoo. They get to this village. Ernest says, when he sees these villagers, who actually look like African people... But they're not tribesmen. They're, they're villagers. No, no, no. They're just, they're just in a small they village. They look like yeah. normal folks. Yeah. These people are just hanging out, right? Yeah. Ernest says, I'll go talk to them. I speak 19 Zulu dialects. Which I looked up, and apparently there are only four dialects of Zulu, <laughs> according oh, to Wikipedia. Boy. But how does he know how to speak 19 Zulu dialects? Great question, Dan. He knows because he used to work in a record store. I don't understand. 
I, I was searching. I was like searching my brain, like, what does that mean? I Is there understand some... the joke. I yeah, don't. I thought it might have been like Afri- Africa, Africa, bottom the Zulu nation, like the, the hip hop or like the world music section of the. Yeah, story. but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. What I that have no idea what that joke. Well, means. I mean, we can we can take a very quick five second sidebar to say that on Wikipedia it also lists Felakuti as being in this movie. And he is not, as far as I can tell. <laughs> so maybe that's the connection somehow. I don't know. Um, I don't think that... I mean, and then there's this weird scene where Ernest... He goes up to the villagers and he does, like, the stereotypical scene where, like, white guy talks to black people... I was not okay ...in an this. offensive way. Yeah. Oh, well, he says, like, what it is, bro. Like, he starts talking to them like they're Americans. He basically says, D- uh, don't worry, I can speak 19 Zulu dialects. Renee says, how do you know that? Re- it's the record. He steps out of the cart and says... Hey homies, what's happening? And yeah. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was really, I thought that was a really innocently funny joke. But then he keeps going with it is what sort of ruins yeah. it for me. I get the fact that. that he keeps yeah. saying like what it what it is, bro. Yeah, if he just left and it he starts at, like hey, essentially homies. scanning, yeah. like yeah, like jive talk from airplane kind of. Yeah, yeah. it's like doo-wopping. Shibab shibab doo-wop doo-wop, quang dang shamalama ding dong. The villagers are not, are not having any of it. I don't know what these people are saying, but they're subtitled as saying, let's rip his arms off. I guess yeah. they're offended. Yeah. I get it. I feel like that's not what they're saying. I, no, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm but, assuming it's one of those things where they add, they have to, they have to punch it up. Yeah. And so they, and just they just add write it, something they, Let's funnier. write something funny for yeah. what they're saying. Because they're not acting like let's going to rip his arms off. Yeah. They're, they're just, acting they very confused. cool about it. They're yeah. just like, the body language is like, what is this guy's yeah. deal? Who is this? What is yeah. he doing here? But then he says something that makes them laugh hysterically. What's also disturbing is that Ernest, at this point, his cheeks are like swollen from the poison ivy. Yeah. And, and red and, like, and pockmarked. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. <laughs> and then one guy just takes a club and just hits him over the head. And Ernest drops. Like, at the, I laughed at the way he dropped to the ground. <laughs> it was very comical. And then right? I laughed yeah. at the sounds Ernest makes as he slips into an unconscious state. <laughs> Like, it goes on for a really long time. And then Renee is kidnapped. Yes. As she's watching this happen. She gets chloroformed, essentially, and wakes up at Prince Kazim's palace. I like how they show up, and she's just like, oh... Yeah, she's so guy. resigned to being kidnapped. Yeah, she's and like, then, oh, well, she says, black suit, black tie, cheap shades, bad guy. And then she's immediately chloroformed and carried off. Where well, she we... wakes up in a... Dressed as a cliche harem girl? Yeah. I trust your trip to my palace was relaxing? Ah... And this is the first time we actually meet Kazim, Yeah, right? It's the first time our main characters meet Kazim. And he says to Renee... It's disgusting. Kazim is disgusting in general. But he says to Renee, I understand that you are somehow connected to the eyes of a goalie. And to no one talking to the television, I just went, you understand incorrectly, <laughs> like every other villain in this. Where are you getting this from? Yeah. But he also says to her, I can't even read this. In fact, you might find cooperation, dot, dot, dot extremely pleasurable yeah he says he doesn't say pleasant he says pleasurable and it's not the line that is the gross part to me it's his hand motions the fact that he strokes the golf club yeah yeah this this prince kazim guy is the skeeviest character in the movie in a movie with a few skeevy characters yeah he is gross lascivious is the word i would use to describe him if this was like a cartoon he'd be played by some kind of like pig animal oh i can see that he's the worst and renee just accepts as like uh like she's just like ow my head hurts I'm ignoring everything you're saying. Like a snake hisses its 
way out of this basket. She's just like, I don't need this and puts it back in. I thought that was fairly Marion Ravenwood like. Yeah. yeah I, like, I like that moment. Yeah. Ernest is still hanging out at the village. At this point, he's made friends with the villagers. Yeah. And they're hanging out and they're, he's, they're just like sitting at this table together and Ernest is telling some joke he's, that he's telling we the don't punch see line. the setup of. Exactly. He's telling the punchline <laughs> to a joke that we never have context for. And the punchline is. Then the bank president says, it's a knickknack, Patty Jack. Give the frog a loan. <laughs> and they find that hysterical. Yes. I used to really love those kind of punny punchlines. Oh, sure. Uh, where you repeat a famous statement or phrase or something, yeah. but you're changing all the words so it sounds the same, but it makes a sentence. Right. And there, were, there used to be a comic book strip called Pearls Before Swine. I yeah, did yeah, that yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. and, it, and it, it always made me laugh. So that, I was okay with this from the go. <laughs> and that's that's the comic strip where the last panel is always one of the characters yelling at the cartoonist yeah. about it. Yeah. What also made me laugh was just the head village guy that we see. He repeats it after Ernest. <laughs> Nick, knack, Betty Jack, give the frog a low. <laughs> with such delight, it like I, him. yeah, yeah. I was just happy with this scene because everyone in the scene was happy. They're just hanging out. Yeah. And and oh. Can you guess who my favorite character is? The woman kissing him? Yes! Yeah. What was that all about? This woman! She's confused. Okay, she's kissing him a lot. She's holding yeah, a newspaper a lo- and a, a piece of woman. bark. She's holding a newspaper and a piece of bark that is like a pointer stick. I think she uses to point to things. Because I don't think she can speak English. Like, later she shows Ernest well, the yeah, newspaper. Uh, the newspaper is there to show Ernest once he's asking where He starts uh, asking is. where Renee is. He's like, "Where's? have you seen a girl with skinny legs, is what he says. And the glasses. And they start pointing to Kazim's picture in the paper. I'm sure there's a lot of write-ups on that guy in the paper. Yeah. Local creeper monarch. Uh, but my favorite person is, of course, the woman who's sitting next to Ernest, who is just kissing him nonstop throughout the entire scene. She does nothing but repeatedly kiss Ernest on the cheek. What's even better is that he basically doesn't acknowledge it at all. No. <laughs> he just continues talking. So this is happening now. It, it, there's one moment where he kind of like, like he gives her a little glance just to acknowledge like, yes, this is happening and, and kind of smile and then continue what he's saying. But she's my hero. She's just, this woman is just, for whatever reason, she's just in love with Ernest. He came into the village and she was just like taken with him. I get it. And it was, there's no reason for that to happen. No, it, it felt like almost like improv which is fun. Yeah, that's why it there felt was like fun. A, an energy to it. She was like, I'll have that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he gets up to leave, the woman is so heartbroken. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, like, she kind of she, pleads. No, she, he gets up to leave and she She's like, oh, oh, oh. And like she watches him leave and then she starts like blowing, blowing kisses. kisses. That's amazing. She starts blowing kisses like, and then Ernest yells the, the punchline back to them. The head villager guy repeats the give a frog alone. Give yeah. the frog alone. And like, oh, they're friends. But that's what you want to happen yeah. when well, Ernest goes to different places. Absolutely. Like you want him to be the optimistic little like. Uh, Scrapper. Yeah, that like good natured gets along with everybody. Like that's what you want from Ernest. That was like one of the reasons I really like this scene is just because he's just getting along with everyone and everyone's like, This is great. Absolutely. And they're just having a good time. And then they have then yeah, he has to but then he has to leave. Yes, he, he has to leave because he has to find Kazim. Yeah. Ernest drives and off. Then Ernest yeah. as he drives in the car goes, Kazim should should be easy to find. <laughs> so my notes right, Kazim should be easy to find. Turns out he is. Yeah. Because the next scene, Ernest is just there. <laughs> How would you guys God. imagine he would sneak into Kazim's uh... palace? <laughs> I mean... It's so confusing because Kazim is in this movie. He seems like a vaguely Indian prince. Yeah. 
We don't really know. He's not given much he's backstory. He's probably from some made-up country. What is he the prince of? I don't know. Africa? He might just be like no. a rich like magnate of some yeah, sort. Yeah, that's what it seems like. He's got harem girls, yeah. of which Renee has now been drafted into this, yeah. this group. And so Ernest is like, well, I'll dress like a harem girl too. And immediately finds some harem girl clothing. And he also finds a wig and false eyelashes. Like you do. Or he had them on him. I think he has it in his vest. What I, I like his character of the, as the harem girl is a essentially a young auntie nelda <laughs> oh that's fascinating i did not get that you, you guys didn't think that at all. like he has like kind of like <laughs> what? before she was jaded before she became like the sort of like jaded person she is she's a wild cat new new head cannon <laughs> auntie nelda was a dancer broke her neck and had to retire <gasps> oh and that's why she wears the neck her brace. neck is perpetually broken and that's why she's so bitter because she wasn't able to live out her dream my dancing well she does say in this <laughs> She does say in this movie that she gets by teaching charm school, which I also thought was hilarious. That's amazing, just because Auntie Nelda. So they go into the Kazim's palace. I guess there's a harem performance. There's a they, there's a belly dancing scene. Yeah, in Kazim's throne room, essentially. Which I think is why Kazim is in this movie, so they can have a belly dancing scene. So Ernest can be can put this outfit on, and they can have this scene where there's all these beautiful women. Well, we assume they're beautiful women. They're they're completely yeah. They there's have all, awesome stomachs. There's all these women with great stomachs with ripped cores yep they're all belly dancing Ernest is also dancing (laughs) you can see his belly but it is less refined let's say for whatever reason Renee is also dancing like I don't even know why she's participating she knows the moves which is a weird part of it did they have a rehearsal (laughs) maybe she does Zumba and of course of course, Kazim looks at all these women and zeroes in on Ernest as the most beautiful belle of the ball. This is definitely another one of those 1940s things. It definitely feels like a Bugs Bunny joke. Absolutely. Yeah, it's we're, definitely, it's 100%, 100%, 100% that, Bugs Bunny. It's 100% okay, this outsider dressed up and... He's got the blonde wig. Yeah. And Kazim just calls Ernest over like, you, most beautiful woman in the room, come up and sup with me. He says, come sup with me. <laughs> and then Ernest sits down... And they have this disgusting conversation where Kazim says, Come, share a bowl of the sea's bounty. It will heighten your senses this evening. I wrote, this is grossly lascivious. It's the grossest thing I just wrote, this is gross. Yeah. This guy is seriously disgusting. Like, yo, tone it down, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I I got kids here. It's like (laughs) slimy is probably a good word. You don't have kids there because this movie isn't for kids. (laughs) Correct. Correct. I mean, the actor succeeds. He's committing to that role. He's disgusting. But, yeah. Well, he starts feeding Ernest food in a way that where like Ernest is eating like he's the predator from like the predator film. Okay, like, I would say the Ernest eating gags were kind of funny. I, like, I like they them. were like visually funny gags because the thing is he gives he's like here have some watermelon and he gives Ernest like this really long piece of watermelon and Ernest just like lifts his veil and just like puts it under and it kind of like disappears. Yeah, like he pushes it from screen yeah. left to screen right and it just like all the eating is done under the veil and it's like. The grapes, he feeds them the grapes, and they get down to the just stem this, the stem. But well, there's he like a the sound effect of like a grinder of yeah. as like as he puts things under his veil. The turkey leg made me laugh because <laughs> there's like a pause where he's like, "How about leg of pause?" And I was like, "Oh, what is this going to be? Some sort of delicacy?" And he just says, "Turkey." turkey. <laughs> the line was different because like he says, "You want some leg?" And while he eyes up Ernest's leg, and oh, he goes, you want some leg? <gasps> 
of Turkey? Oh, I didn't oh, catch that. That's oh, what it, very that's good. what it that's was. That's the line. Very Yo, good. now I remember. Yeah, that's what it was. But in all the all the cases he the food goes underneath the veil and comes out stripped to the bone. Yeah, yeah. that's why it's funny. Like to the stem <laughs> with the grapes, to the bone with the turkey, and to the rind with the watermelon. And the watermelon he like spits out the like seeds. Like a machine gun. Like another, a machine gun. Another, like Bugs Bunny kind of joke. That is Absolutely. definitely a Bugs Bunny gun <laughs> that he's spitting out from under he's the veil. And he that's hits why a gong. It's so old fashioned, too. Yeah. And then the prince keeps coming on strong, like, let me see your face. Let's have a little look at that lovely face. No, no, no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And Renee is watching and knows that it's Ernest. Renee's pretty good about seeing through Ernest's disguises quickly. Yeah. Like, I'll give her credit for that. It's it's almost like it's almost like that Nash sort of idea where it's the one person who's just like nobody else sees like this ridiculousness happening. I feel like Thompson is kind of that in this movie too. He is, he is. He does If Thompson was in this scene, he'd be like, That's Ernest right there. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So finally Ernest just cold cocks Kazim in the face. He's down for the count. He's not down for the count. No, the first oh, thing he's not, is not down. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. What he happened? Just, what he a punches, feisty. Yeah, he makes oh, Kazim even right. more like... I think I was just like, so disgusted by the scene no. that I was just like, ah, no, you just punch him already. He gets more, like, excited. Yeah, he's like, right. ooh, this is the feisty one. Yeah. He pulls down Ernest's veil and just kisses him. That's right. You're Bugs absolutely Bunny right. Bugs Bunny kiss, straight on the mouth. It is, it's Bugs Bunny it again. It is completely Bugs Bunny. Ugh. And there's another ew scene. The, yeah, that's yeah. another That's, like, number three already. actually kind of the ew that made me laugh. Yeah, it doesn't linger yeah, as it no. does in some of the other ones. Pandemonium breaks out Pandemonium shortly breaks thereafter. Out, and inside it somewhere is Ernest going, ew. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and because of, well, what happens is then Renee, to defuse this, knocks over a basket of snakes. Oh, yes. At yep. which point everyone in the room snakes? scatters, which I don't know why they keep so many snakes around if they're so afraid of snakes. Because it's India, question mark? It's not India. It's not India. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so there's a basket of snakes in the ensuing mayhem Ernest and Renee run out and escape they hitchhike with a ostrich farmer they're on the side of the road and then like yeah an ostrich farmer drives up just a, just I, a local ostrich farmer well, what I like is they say there's a car coming let's try to hitch a get, ride hitch a ride yeah um, Renee starts doing the thumb hitchhiker move yeah. And Ernest does the It Happened One Night leg move where yeah. he reaches <laughs> out his leg. Leg out. Of course he does. I love that. But he also thumbs in the opposite direction yeah. of her. <laughs> but then this guy's also a creeper. This guy's also, everybody in this movie just wants to have sex with Ernest and Renee. Yeah. He's like, oh, two harem girls on the side of the road must be my lucky day. So gross. <laughs> also, I like that shot. Sorry, that shot when he goes, two harem girls on the side of the road. If you look out the car window, the car's not moving at all. <laughs> and he pulls up. They get in. He grabs Renee's leg. Mm-hmm. And she punches him in the face and he's knocked out. Yeah. And then Ernest says, like, what did you do that for? And I was like, what do you mean? What did she do? Because he's a sexual predator, obviously. <laughs> I, I, This is my note. Quote, what did you do that for? And Renee replies, I don't know. I saw a girlfriend do it once. And then I just wrote, no, you did it because he was being a disgusting creep. Yeah. Just say that. Then he Then they get out. They pull him. this guy out of the car. They put him in the back. Yeah, they put him in the back truck. of the truck. And Ernest gets in the back of the truck. Because they see Thompson and his... Not Tom, no, Thompson's goons. Uh, no, no it's, Kazim's it's goons. Kazim's goons, Kazim's goons Kazim's show up in a car. Goons. It's um, the two Matrix agents and two other random one-off goons. Yeah, it's like four guys, and they've got guns. They're shooting. They're shooting. Real bullets. Yep. And they're like, oh, we better get out of here. So I, I like how Renee says, I don't know if you're on, but I'm driving. Like, yeah. She doesn't yeah. actually know if Ernest is on the back of the truck at this point, but she's like, I'm driving whether you're on or not. Like, we're getting shot at. She takes off. Ernest is on the back of the truck. He's still in his house outfit and like his wig and everything well it starts to get really halfway because i have a note that just says "Ernest without a hat nope 
You know what? My note for that soon be Ernest without a hat. Yes. Really? So the the uh, that, the super long eyelashes me. that did it that for you? Right. Like like <laughs> he he sees the guys shooting at them. He's like, that's it, and he pulls off his wig, and I was like, oh. And then he, <laughs> oh, just a little flash of oh, to party, just for a second. Sure. And then he he starts pulling off his like belly dancer costume. <laughs> yeah. And, and you see the Ernest costume underneath. <laughs> yep. And I love, I love those moments where it's like his Superman moment. Yep. It's his Clark Kent moment where he pulls off another costume to reveal the Ernest costume. Absolutely. And I always I love Absolutely. those moments because he's so heroic. Because he heroically puts on his baseball cap. Yep. Yeah. And this well, it's is time where to get to work. he actually does a really Ernest thing and fashions a slingshot out of the giant bra that he's wearing. Yep. He first tries to just throw the egg. It just hits the car. Yep. And then he says, I need more firepower. I need more leverage. I need more leverage. And then he starts making a bunch of puns. And I was like, oh, he's making a contraption. Thank God. Like, I just want to see him build something. It's fast and it's makeshift, but it works. Yeah, it works. And I like some of the things he yells out while he's throwing the eggs. Yeah. My favorite one is uh, when when they're shooting at him, he goes, a couple of 38s. I got a couple of 40s. (laughs) which is also again who is this movie for number five on my list i think the answer is not kids yes no it's it's rhetorical he calls it a a barrage no he calls he calls it a training bra barrage oh okay it lifts it separates it's a training bra barrage First of all, if you need something that lifts and separates, you're way past the training bra. <laughs> but eventually he, he hits them with the ostrich eggs and they careen off the road and explode into a dust cloud. <laughs> but then, yeah, they, so they explode. The car explodes. We see a, like a, a smoke plume. Yep. Cut to the next scene. Those, they're alive. They're alive. All right. Well, because it wasn't it wasn't smoke like an explosion. It, it looked was, like a it dust cloud. Right. Like you're right. You're yeah, right. it was more like dust. But the way they cut it is a really strange way because yeah, they just careen off. Yeah. And it's a huge <laughs> dust cloud. Yeah, but they don't because in the next scene, they're buried up to their heads in the dirt and they're being punished by Kazim, whose punishment of choice is to have his pet rhinoceros Dorothy like trample on people's heads. Let's watch Dorothy play the soccer, huh? Come, my little dumb. No, 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 Come, come, my pumpkin pie. I wrote, okay, so these two guys didn't die in the car explosion, but they're a thousand percent dead from being trampled by this rhino. They really hide it. You think if he's talking about a harem girl or something. Yeah, no. And then they finally reveal that it's a, a rhinoceros who, when they cut to him and, it's, and the rhinoceros is quote unquote charging yeah. at them, when he's really just trotting, that rhinoceros is adorable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. You are correct, sir. It's such a cute rhinoceros. It's like a baby rhinoceros. She doesn't look threatening at all. No. She looks adorable. I guess the rhinoceros either kicks their heads off or tramples them. Or just steps on them. Either way. Just tramples their heads. It's horrifying. Well, and And then... Kazim's reaction makes it a hundred times more horrifying. I don't even want to say he's he's very sad. He's excited by it, we'll he's say. Overly He's still holding that golf club. He takes perverse satisfaction in watching Correct. this happen. It's Correct. disgusting. Yes. I was so grossed out by this it's, character. It's incredibly gross. And then when we get back to Ernest and Renee, that I don't know, for whatever reason they've ditched the truck. And they're yeah. like, we're just going to hoof it across the African... <laughs> I was wondering where the truck went. <laughs> it's they... unclear. Ernest says, which way is America? Like, are they going to walk? That's a... What do they... Impossible. ...intend to do, exactly? Can't do that. I don't know. I thought, I thought oh, the, the movie's ending soon. And it, no, this it is keeps them, going. This is actually them kind of getting to know each other. Mm. This is like their hobbit journey. They're just on foot and they're talking. When one is with nature, one is at one with nature. Are you trying to be philosophical? 
The masses have always had to rise up against the opposition. I mean, there's a bunch of stuff. Like, first of all, when they ditch the truck, there's this, this is another moment that made me laugh, where she says, like, Ernest, I have to tell you something. It's about your eyes. And he's still wearing the, the false <laughs> the, eyelashes. The gigantic false eyelashes. They're huge. Eyelashes. And he's looking at her, he's like, yes, what is it? And she says, these things are driving me crazy. And she rips them off his eyelids. They're driving me crazy. Because it's very earnesty. I've been thrust into eternal darkness. Oh, yeah. Is a great way to say my eyes hurt. <laughs> like, <laughs> or I can't see, yeah. <laughs> I can't see, yeah. And then they're just walking along. I mean, there's some cute, like, interplay stuff. Sure. Ernest and Renee play nicely off each other. There's a point where, like, he says, like, it's good to keep your morale up. The journey of a thousand footsteps starts with one No, I think he, I think he like literally that. just says the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Yeah. It's optimistic. You want Ernest to be optimistic. Sure. He kind of loses steam. He also says a lot of times during this that, I, that he's really tired. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird. Like, he's when he starts off, he's, like, really optimistic, but then as it goes on he tires out more quickly than she does yeah presumably they walk for a very long time mm-hmm. at one point they walk past a gigantic animal carcass what is it i don't even remember it's that. huge oh, yeah, and it's yeah. gross it there's a giant it's rotting in the foreground right de- yes like so, a wildebeest or yeah something. but like it's open like you can see organs yeah. and it's like they stumbled across it and we're like we got to use this in the shot and just have a whole shot that features this rotting animal carcass to talk to the bugs bunny thing a little bit more in a lot of bugs bunny cartoons when he's walking through the desert they'll just see a skeleton and that's like supposed to be like a foreboding sound like you're not gonna get out of here sure i assume that's what this uh... is but yeah, but as they keep walking along, then Renee starts to become more optimistic than Ernest because she starts saying like, "This whole experience has opened my eyes." They like she's saying positive things, almost. and then yeah. he's getting more whiny, like, "Eh, this yeah. sucks." I just don't see how we're gonna make it through sheer will and determination, my friend. But I'm hot. Yes, Ernest, I'm hot too. But I've decided to be optimistic about this. And by the way, while she's walking along, she says, "I just want you to know, Ernest." How proud I am of you. Yep, I noticed that. A woman told Ernest she's proud of him. This is a thing that continually happens. Well, that happened with Nurse St. Cloud, didn't it? Yes, it yeah. did. Yeah. She said she was very proud it of did. him. She's yeah. very proud of him. Ernest, I'm so proud of you. When they finally get to the river, it's a low point for both of them because they think they're they're done for. They can't get across it anymore. And what is Ernest saying when she turns to him and says, this is over, this is it? Oh, they're walking along and she says, like, you know, I, I've been doing a lot of thinking about, you know, the things that I've wanted, like, you know, this Illinois Smith thing, you know, mm-hmm. how I've wanted things that could never be, but these past couple of days have really made me think. Mm-hmm. Maybe adventure like, isn't all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, but like, Ernest takes it like, oh, she's like, coming she's around. Talking about like, oh, she's talking I gotcha. Because he looks at the camera and says she's coming around. Yeah. And doesn't he say the old world charm there? He does. This experience has really opened up my eyes. Opened up your eyes to the old world charm, baby. And that's when he goes for the kiss that he should have gone for. 20 minutes earlier. Much earlier, when she was explicitly saying that he should kiss her. Yeah. And he goes for the kiss, and she just stops him, and she says, Ernest, we can't do this. And he says, yes, we can, which made me laugh. Yeah. (laughs) 
And then, yeah, she says, no, it's over. It's over there. Yeah. Across the river. It's over there. They can't get the past river. the river. And then, and she comes up with a plan. And he's going, he's I'm moping. tired. Yeah. But this is where it felt like they switched where she was acting more like an earnest than he was. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. He keeps saying, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. He's complaining. She's like, stop complaining. I'm trying to figure things out. Yeah. One of the two characters invents something to try to get across, to the, get river. across the river. That character isn't earnest. earnest. No. Yeah. So Renee gets the idea to inflate Ernest's harem pants. No, they're her harem pants. Oh, yeah, because yeah. she has. Yeah, yeah, yeah because she says, I have an idea. I just have to take off my pants. <laughs> right? Ernest At which point, shyly. Ernest is like, <gasps> like, like he's yeah. like scandalized. He goes, he says, have you no shame, woman? <laughs> the, the line is offensive. The way he said it, was cute to me. It he rides that line. It feels old school again. It, it's one of those things where he probably has heard that phrase before, so and he knows yeah. that this is yeah. a situation where people say that phrase. It almost so feels he just says says that phrase. Parental, yeah, or that. Yeah. yeah. Well, he says this is not a seventh grade gym class. What I like is that she goes up. Well, she goes like she walks like off screen to take off her pants. He like covers his eyes. Yeah. Like he puts his arm up, but then he peeks around his <laughs> yeah. hand. And I thought that was cute. Well, and then and then it cuts to the most awkward shot of Renee just like pulling down the harem pants, which is she's still wearing her uniform. I was just gonna say, matter. in the same way that Ernest was still wearing the vest and T-shirt she's under the harem costume. costume, she's wearing hers as well, which is and neat. she has like. That's also the thing. She wears the same clothes. Visually, she's yeah. also an earnest in that she also has a uniform. Sure. He also says, I guess this is just what happens when a 90s woman falls for you. <laughs> uh, it's weird because in the movie, I didn't laugh at any of these lines, but your reading of them makes me laugh. Like the I, writing of them I'm, isn't so bad sometimes. I'm finding that too. Like the way that we're discussing some of these things is just like, oh yeah, that's oh, pretty that's funny. Oh, kind of funny. That always happens. Um, but eventually they blow but Her up. plan is like to make a raft, an inflatable raft out of her. Some uh, kind of inflatable device yeah. to float over the river and get to the other side. So while they're putting this together, Thompson and his goons are there and they keep cutting to them and they keep talking about how this is a dangerous area, I think. It's like the oh, forbidden They've wandered the forbidden into lands. the Sinkatutu land yeah. and Sinkatutu tribe are cannibals Not so okay nobody goes okay there. Not with that. Yeah. So yeah, Ernest and Renee are like blowing up her pants, right? Yeah. They and finally get it up to a huge balloon I have, Size. yeah, and you know, I have to say, like, Ernest is really, like, crapping on this plan, because he says they can't do it because the the river is filled with piranha fish or something like that. Something like that. It's like carnivorous fish of Africa. I can't remember the exact But line. it's a really weird role reversal where, like, Renee comes up with this kooky plan that's an offbeat plan, and, and Ernest, Ernest is, is like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's not going to work because X. It's like, Ernest... You're, you're earnest. I would say you're constantly <laughs> like, doing this. Come, if anyone should be coming up with the weird plan, it should be him. Yeah. But no, it's Renee. Yeah. It's weird. But then the plan goes around. And then he ruins it. He ruins the plan. Yeah. But he, he like takes the pants away so forcefully that they hit like a thorny a thorn bush, bush and in, they in just his, explode. In his whining, he kind he of ruins, ruins it by whining. Yeah. 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 He's a real downer in this. He's a bummer. Yeah. Yep. My so note it, actually says, he keeps whining, shut up. Yeah. But then they look over and there's a tribe. Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. On a bridge, like over what are they the river. Called? The Sinkatutu. They're chanting, they're wearing loincloths. But they're, but what they're chanting is they're skinny, but they'll do for lunch. I'm sure that's not what that's they're not chanting. That's not what they're chanting, but all. I'm saying it's such a weird thing that's to like the subtitle. subtitle that. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way they could <laughs> hey, be chanting audience, they're skinny. This tribe is cannibals, because that's a thing. The other part the part that's funny about this scene is it's similar to the scene where they first approached the village where Renee is really worried and now Ernest springs up and now he's ready to get into action because he says, I yeah, know this tribe, they're right. friendly. And he goes, Hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> that made me yeah. laugh. Hey, how y'all doing? 
it's the way that he waves so yeah, happily. It's, it's that goofy face he makes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the moment where he really felt like old-fashioned earnest, yeah. earnest. Like, like, it, like ad earnest. The way that he waved so like good-naturedly yeah. and yet had a yep. big smile on his face. Well, and even within, more, it was like a hey Vern, but it was like a hey how y'all doing? Yeah. Even within the context of this movie, he's already successfully won over a village in With Africa. His smile. So yeah. like he's just like oh. Just leave it to me. I'll do it again. But I don't understand why he said, I know this tribe, they're friendly. What the heck is he talking about? They've never met? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Does he knows? think they're the villagers? Oh, I didn't even think about Maybe. that. That can't be. Nah, I don't it believe that. Be. No. It can't be that. No. Yeah. What I like to do is, after, right after he says, hey, how y'all doing? It cuts to them being kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then they get to the tribe's... I don't know. Headquarters? Headquarters. It's not really a headquarters. Yeah. They're at camp. They take them home. Yeah, they're their camp. They've got the skull thing where the, the diamond eyes are missing. Yeah. This, so is the, this is the tribe. Correct. They got the diamond stolen from them. From the beginning scene, yeah. Yeah. They're making a soup. Yeah, they they stand Renee and Ernest in front of a cauldron and start, like, patting them up. Ernest has a great line here again where he goes, One never uses oregano in a soup with basil. No wonder they call them the Lost Tribe. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. I just yeah. like I just like <laughs> him commenting tribe. on like culinary. I swear, the fear of being captured by a cannibalistic tribe. I swear, this was a thing in the nineties. I've seen it in other nineties things that I can't quite place them. There's a a thread of Afrocentrism in the nineties that goes through a, a few things. Like it's the it's the rise of charity to Africa. It's the rise of Afrocentrism in hip hop. It's ah, a rise of a lot of different. Right. There's a lot of different things happening that have to do with Afrocentrism in the nineties. I don't know why it manifests itself like this in movies. In comedy? To Dan's point of there being like a sense of Afrocentrism in 90s pop culture. Like yeah, some people w- took wanting, it. Wanting, you know, to, inf- wanting to, to play into that. To and be, be relevant like, to that. Yeah, and yeah. just like going in Weird not, directions. not a great direction. Yeah. yeah. There was a moment that made me laugh where they bring Ernest and Renee up to the chief. The guy says something in his dialect. Yeah. And Renee says, what did they say? And Ernest just repeats it verbatim. That was pretty good. <laughs> And then and the chief laughs. And the chief thinks that's really funny. Yeah, it is. I mean, we learn we learn later that the chief speaks perfect English. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All right. Yeah. What, what happens is, as they empty their pockets so that they can go into the soup, yeah. Ernest takes out the yo-yo that he made for Renee that he still has with him, yeah. which is made out of the diamonds. He says goodbye, little yo-yo, and he just gives it like. One last little, whatever it is you do with a yo-yo. He gives it one last little. I think you yo-yo. Okay. He, he gives one last little yo-yo, and the whole tribe is like, uh, it's this thing where, like, tribes are enchanted by simple, very simple, quote-unquote, technology. Yeah. Or golden protocol droids. They're just like, oh, like. I mean, I mean, you know. Well, to be honest, oh. I was with the tribe that yeah, moment because I, yeah, I found I, I found Ernest yo-yoing like <laughs> he's, he's exquisite. Great like yeah. it was great. <laughs> I really wanted to. What I what I found more interesting than that was Renee's little song and dance number she does <laughs> oh, while geez. he yo-yos. Yes. Okay, I do like Ernest's reaction where he's like, "Oh, you like that, huh?" Yeah. His and performance. Like, yeah. yeah. And then he gets that earnesty bravado. Like, bravado and yep. I'm like, yeah, all right, finally. And also, it's a scene where, again, everyone's happy. Renee, and then Renee starts. Does the fake kazoo kind of sound? Yeah, because Ernest says to Renee, hit it, Wally. As if, like, she's, <laughs> like, his musical band leader. And, yeah. And she starts doing this, yeah, this. This yeah. song. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> as as Ernest starts doing yo-yo tricks. I bet you're enjoying this show, aren't you? Yeah, and we're having a ball doing it for you. Hey, Wally, don't I always say that the Sinking Tutu are the very best crowd we have on this whole circuit? 
It is the craziest. It is one of the weirdest scenes. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of great though. Like it's her physicality really is really great. I like just, her dancing. Her just, commitment just to doing the song. Both of their performances are great. This is where Ernest and Renee hit like peak harmony. They become a performance duo. They, are, they become they like Lauren Hardy. They they acquired the harmony star. Their powers combined do make <laughs> them a good team. Yeah. yeah, partially because of Renee's earnestness. Yeah, they become super earnest, or maybe. You know what? Maybe Ernest is half Ernest in this movie because Renee is the other half Ernest. Ah. This, I imagine they both have like half heart shaped yeah, lockets. This, so they put yes, together. Is this they a double have, dragon sort of thing? They bo- <laughs> Renee is the rest of Ernest in this movie. I just really also like that Ernest having a yo-yo is a very Ernest thing. He should have a yo-yo. And it's he should be good fitting. at it. And he is. Also, I like that, of course, it's totally an Ernest thing to practice yo-yo tricks, but apparently it's also a Jim Varney thing. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah, because you He's think, doing yo-yo tricks. It is a very earnest thing to do. And if the actor couldn't pull it off, they'd have to do these weird close-ups of hands doing nope, things. No, but he's just like, doing it. Or, or do like a thing like in Labyrinth where David Bowie put his arms behind his head and someone else was doing the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. glass thing. Mm-hmm. But in this, it's like, it, it's a wide shot. So it's just Jim Varney doing yo-yos. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, of course he can do yo-yos. That's yeah. great. Oh, it's almost like that earnest universe idea of like what I've called before like bad magic, like party tricks almost. Yeah. Where it's just like little, like the thing he does in Your World As I See It where he ties his hand with the invisible string yeah, and yeah. he's doing that stuff. It's like a fun uncle kind of thing. Exactly that, yeah. yeah. And he's he's doing all these yo-yo tricks. It's sweet. It's sweet. It is. It's a really sweet it's moment. It's very sweet. And it gets them into good graces with the chief and the tribe. I like the chief too. The chief just is give fun. the chief some props. Mm. It would be really easy to paint a cannibalistic tribe as having a really mean and kind of right. aggressive leader. That's yeah. what and instead I mean. it's just and the a chief cheery is dude. kind of a cheerful like yeah. jolly guy. And and then it turns out that he speaks perfect he English. Speaks perfect English. <laughs> they they have a full conversation yeah. about how Ernest can have whatever he wants now. The chief says like like, the earnest magic is great. We'll do whatever you want. Yeah. Convenient. And, the, then and he's like, great. The other weird thing is there's a lot of like flip-flopping back and forth and how, how characters act towards each other and how they act yeah. internally. All of a sudden, Renee is completely okay to just stay at the tribe. Well, no, she does say she wants to go back to Ohio. But then later, when he talks about getting married as I part of his escape I think, plan. I think she's just arguing against the marriage thing. Oh, okay. That Which she I doesn't get. Want to, I think she just doesn't want to marry Ernest. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, what happens is, like, Ernest turns to the chief who can speak perfect English. Yeah. Ernest says to the chief, hey, are, are you, like, a high priest? And the chief's like, yeah, I'm a high priest. Basically. And Ernest says... Which I kind of took as, like, sure, Ernest, whatever you want. <laughs> and Ernest says... How about you marry me and the little lady here? Mm. And yeah, and then Renee is like, she's very reasonable. She's like, Ernest, we haven't discussed this. Yeah, isn't like, that like a, a, like, a decision like for both of us? Yeah, we, yeah like, correctly. And, and he says this is part of his master escape plan. You, you just raised your eyebrow. Yeah, you that, gets a, that gets a side eye from David. <laughs> David had the skeptical eyebrow raise. Okay, it is skeptical, right? So, cause yeah. And she, she's like, why do we need a master escape plan? We're in charge. You're right. Yeah. But I think she just is like, why marriage? She just marriage? wants to get rid of that. Yeah, that the idea. marriage thing is dumb. Is that she gets carried off by these women that just come, and I guess they're going to take her away to the bride preparation area. Yeah. I have no idea what's happening. And Ernest is just saying, just play along, it's safer. Like, what is... Don't know what that means. What the heck would the plan be when they got married? Is he just trying He's to He's just get trying married? to marry her. That's really? what it feels yeah. like. That's what it feels really? like. Yeah. Which you is, think so? Yep. Would he do that? No, but that's what's happening. It's odd. 
It's a really no, like, odd truly. choice because yeah. it was because this clearly doesn't have an end goal in you mind. Think end so? goal is marriage. I don't know. I think it. I think he could have had a plan, but he did. He did have a sly look on his face, like I know. Well, because yeah. he also when he asked the chief, he looks over to Renee first and like as if are you is she paying attention? No. Okay, I can ask the chief this question. Oh boy. So it's very. It, it is a very sly kind of move to try to get married to Renee. I don't know if there's a plan involved. I don't think there is. I think he just uh, wants to get married to I Renee. I think so too. But then he asks if they're gonna have some kind of stag party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says we're gonna have a bachelor party and like drink beer and like tell like gross Belt jokes. Out loud. Yeah, and like guy said. stuff. And the chief says no fertility rights. Yes, and holds out a giant knife. Fertility rights. Oh no, I already had that operation a long time ago when I was real little. <laughs> Think of it as a booster. Yeah, that's not how that What's works. That? First of all, information I never thought we'd get about Ernest. That he was circumcised? Yeah. Also, we the could fact have assumed, that... but yeah. Well, that's again, this movie's not for kids. No. I don't... But don't, no. But don't worry, we don't get to that scene because that scene is interrupted when Thompson shows up. Oh yeah, he just shows up. Well, he was there in the beginning yeah. flying the plane, so but yeah. But they don't know that he was there stealing from them. Because he right. shows up and he says, this guy stole from you. He actually basically says that Ernest was the one... Who was stealing the eyes of a goalie with the other guy who yeah. they caught and captured and we see his skeleton. Yeah. yeah. He's they like, cooked. he caught the one guy, they cooked him, and this is the other guy that flew away in the white bird. But he was Thompson who flew away in the white bird. He's a yeah. liar, see? Yes. Yeah. See? And Ernest is saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, of course. Ernest is still <laughs> completely unsure. And Thompson is still under the the, the the assumption that Ernest, Ernest is, a, is a secret agent. agent yes. And this Tom and Thompson still believes that either Ernest or Renee have the jewels with them and know of having the no and know that they have. He's the jewels. half right. He's half right. Yeah. He is. He has deluded himself <laughs> into thinking that he has a. He leads a much more exciting, interesting life well, you know full what? of like travel You're and right. intrigue. Because actually, like when he's talking to like the other people that are like, he starts. He says, "I'm gonna double what I'm charging you." Like earlier on in the scene, and they're like, "That's not fair. That's not what we agreed on." He's like. That's what it is when you dealing with a free agent. Like he's like trying to play himself up as like this really big bad. Yeah. And then he says the only way to settle this is like a duel, a, a battle like, of truth, a battle of truth. He he says he challenges Ernest to the battle of truth, which maybe is a thing in the tribe that I assume I don't know. that's what it was. I assume it's like um, there's a, there used to be a thing in like in certain cultures where you would, where if two people had a, a legal dispute, they would just fight. Yeah. To see, and the winner was the one who was like legally now correct. <laughs> Um. So Thompson's like, well, we're going to fight it out in the battle of truth. And then there's just a cut. Thompson. <laughs> this movie becomes uh, Thunderdome. <laughs> Thompson. Thompson's warrior outfit. But he just comes out with a headband and like this. He's been in a suit the whole time, right? But yeah. now he comes out with a black headband and like this black leather. warrior. Like a black leather karate, a, sleeveless karate gi. And like yeah. a protective vest. I called it, I wrote in my notes, battle armor Thompson. <laughs> The, the variant chase yeah, figure. Yeah. Well, see, I, I kept thinking Thunderdome, but you said Bloodsport earlier. Oh, well, there's a scene later that's like Bloodsport. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, because they start choosing. They, they have this thing where they have to choose their weapons, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, so so Thompson has a variety of scythes and ninja stars. Yeah. He has ninja Shuriken. stars. Okay, yeah. So he, yeah. So this is the Bloodsport part because in the John Claude Van Damme movie Bloodsport, there's a moment where people have to choose their weapon to fight with. Yep. In this, it's a similar idea where they both lay out their their quote unquote weapons. Thompson has real weapons, which I assume he brought with him. 
<laughs> in the golf cart. Right, because why would this tribe have shurikens and, and yeah, yeah. axes stars. and things? Yeah. And Ernest lays out his quote-unquote weapons, which are just all the things that he dropped out of his pockets earlier. Rubber, which is yeah. like a rubber, rubber chicken. A fish. Yeah. And like all these like just things. Tacky objects again. Yeah. Oh, like a, a teddy bear. What, what was that cylindrical thing he had? Was it like... Salami. Oh, salami. Salami, okay. Yeah. And they put poor Renee in a cage, like a descending... Yeah. Into like boiling Time hot release water. cage that's gonna boil her. Why? Yeah, for no reason. Just narratively, it's so that there are stakes for Ernest to win. Yeah, but they but never give us a reason why they put her in the cage. You're correct. <laughs> it's just so that the so there's a ticking clock. So there's a time element. Yeah, but the fight is the slowest fight. Like. That's why history. she's frustrated. Though again, the fight is also reminiscent of the fight with the mining company yeah. guy. This is Ernest what was weird. It's like there are really weird parallels with Ernest goes to camp because it's it's a fight. It it's is. a one-on-one fight. It's staged very similarly. Yeah, I guess it's so. Like, there's like a circle of people there's around a circle them. Of pe- yeah, they're sort of like mono a mono. It's a weird deja vu where it feels totally like it, there's deja vu, but it's so different. Yeah, the stakes it's such to a, it. It's, the problem is the stakes to it are so different. The stakes are different. The earnests are different. He's fighting. He's essentially fighting for his life. As opposed to fighting for a grander idea. Well, I think it's also that he's fighting for Renee, but because you didn't like see her being put in the cage or anything, you don't feel it as much. Yeah, he doesn't acknowledge her. As he much also as doesn't he acknowledge her it's not, being like, in the cage. He, he doesn't like, like furtively look. Well, no, over. when he does acknowledge her, it's because he's annoyed because he's like he takes way too much time, like um, unfurling the blanket, unfurling of, the blanket that's covering his his arsenal. His yeah, and she's just like Ernest, just fight this, hurry up. Yeah, and he's just like. Anything worth doing is worth doing right. Or like, or, and Which at some point another... he says something like, she's never satisfied. Like she's in a descending cage. That, that everything worth doing is worth doing right yeah. is also kind of mirrors the sentiment in camp where he goes, why should we do it? We do it because. And the point is to do your best always. always. Yeah. yeah. And like, why? Because you just have to do your best. Yeah. And this is a really weird kind of like carnival style mirror of that because it's just this distorted of like, anything yeah. worth doing is worth doing right. Which Ernest in another movie, in another, if he said that phrase with a different kind of cadence, to it, yeah, the you would kind of believe it, itself. but the sentiment is snarky and yeah. dismissive. Yeah, it's like, yeah. shut up, Renee. Let me do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I feel like a camp type Ernest would also put other people ahead of himself. Yeah, yeah. And, and this like, er- this Ernest is more selfish. Yes, definitely. So they finally fight. There's a lot of cartoony stuff. There's a table made of play doh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ernest, yeah, he picks up this table and hides behind it, and I guess Thompson has like an axe that yeah, he's it's like, like a battle axe. He's slicing this table the into planks. sections, yeah. yeah, into planks, and Ernest is just like sticking his tongue out from behind them. There's another cartoony Bugs Bunny moment where he sticks out of one side. When yeah, there's just one seen. plank left of the table, and it's he's like, just standing behind it. Yeah, it's like Bobby in, in Bob- jail. Yeah, yeah, where he's just impossibly thin behind this one plank of wood. That's Cartoonally, standing. but then the plank of wood falls, and he's just not there. And he pops like, he, up behind Thompson. And, yeah, somehow. he's just a car- he just has cartoon yeah. teleportation. Yeah. He pops up behind Thompson, and I guess he, like, he hits him with a salami. Yes. There's a moment that, that I appreciated where Thompson is swinging this axe at Ernest, and then he gets this axe stuck in something, mm-hmm. and Ernest is like, ha-ha, you're stuck. So, it's a sword. He's swinging a sword. Yeah, so so Thompson's like, all right, as he just lets go of the sword and punches Ernest in the <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. And then this is where I felt like camp, because he starts getting, Ernest starts getting punched repeatedly. Yeah. But it, unlike camp, it doesn't actually have an effect. There's no blood. There's no blood. He looks like slightly disoriented but not in a realistic way just like in a cartoony way he falls and there's a cliff edge but eventually Ernest turns it around gets out his yo-yo well this is what I again Renee is the one who comes up with the Ernesty solution yeah because she's one that yells Ernest your yo-yo 
And then he pulls out the yo-yo and hits Thompson in the face with it. Doing the same move he did that killed Jake. I was just oh, I was no. just about to say, like, it's almost as if Jake oh did God. not die in vain. <laughs> because it taught Ernest the lesson of that he to... needed to defeat this oh, enemy. Dear Lord. God bless you, Jake, you beautiful creature. <laughs> Godspeed, Jake. Jake is in heaven like good job. <laughs> Uh, My goldfish. I like it's it. Go-go. That's a good one. <laughs> yep. So Ernest knocks out Thompson with this yo-yo. The yo-yo breaks in half, and re- it's revealed that they're the two diamond doorknobs. That the eyes of a goalie. At which point the Sinkatutus trample Ernest to get these. Mm-hmm. There's like a Ernest doing his trade mouth. Ah, yep. as he gets trampled. I enjoyed that. They like put the eyes back in their skull sculpture. Yeah. And they're very happy. Um, and then, you know, Renee is still in the thing. Still trapped. It's still going in boiling water. It's descending. So she's freaking out. She's telling Ernest to get up. Ernest has this look on his face like, ugh, this again. And it's a really strange moment. He picks up the spear and, like, he starts running towards her and she thinks, she's like, that sorry, sorry, really sorry. Bizarre. It's, it's very, creepy because you're like, whoa, weird. do you, is Ernest gonna spear her? Like, yeah. what? Of course he, he doesn't, but in this movie, you don't. <laughs> I no. almost didn't pick up on that until the second time I watched this movie. Yeah, like, she thinks he's going to spear her. Yeah. But he actually uses it to just stop the cage from going further yeah, into the cauldron. Into the water, yeah. But yeah. what amused me about the scene is that you can see Thompson just unconscious in the background for a lot of it. <laughs> like, he's just didn't lying there. That. Good continuity. He's just lying there. Yeah. It's um, funny. And she says, Ernest, you're the sweetest thing that ever lived. You're a doll. He says something grand, like, Renee, you should know that I'm Ernest P. You were never in any real danger, is yeah. what he mm-hmm. says. And he puts his hand on the hot cauldron. Yeah. And burns his hand. I like lots of butter on mine. What I like about it is that he does. He wants to save face in front of Renee, so he walks a few steps away. Towards camera. Towards camera. He goes, ah, and as he goes, ah, you can hear the hissing sound. But then he looks back over at Renee, and the hissing sound stops. I, I like that. That was a nice choice. <laughs> and then when he turns back to scream again, the hissing continues. That was a good gag. And then we, we finally we cut back to the diner. We're back in yeah, the epilogue. They walked that far. I'm assuming they back. flew. They got back somehow. They got Who back cares? to America. So back in America, it's the same footage of, from the beginning of Ernest smushing his face <laughs> against the window at Warm Waffle or Wanna Waffle. Yeah. We'll figure it out for the extra, whether it's Warm <laughs> Waffle or Wanna Waffle. And Ernest comes in. like, hi, Renee. And he says, are you ready for our date? And I was like, oh, they're going to go on a date. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. They grew together as people. They realized they need each other to fulfill each other. And then it's going to go on our date. And then she says, Ernest, we have to talk. Which is the worst. Ernest, we have to talk. Yeah, well, we have plenty of time on the date. Uh, This is going to be bad. After the speech. uh, Oh, no. After. (laughs) Oh, by the way, he takes off his hat. Great hair. So a. When he, when he took off the hat, I was like, wow, Jim Varney has some good hair. I agree with that. Doesn't he? He doesn't. I was like, what? at first it was like a little weird to be like, I don't, I'm not, like you without it's the very, hat is really strange. It's strangers. very weird. But then I was like, he got some good hair. He does. He does. Um, but after, I, yeah, after, after Renee explained why she can't date him, that she's going to date, who's the guy? What did she say? It's like Todd, oh, Todd says, Waxman or something? Yeah, she says, Ernest, I'm like, I've, this whole thing opened my eyes. Like, I realized you're too wild and adventurous for me. 
I need someone like Todd Lafsky. There you go. Yeah. And then Ernest mouthed like Todd Lafsky in such a confused like and up, he's upset and he's just like he's Todd almost disgusted Lafsky? by like, the, what the by heck the is that? Yeah. He's just like he's like what? Who? Yeah. It's more like a who? Yeah. Is it's more that? that than anything else. You know, he's a local boy. He's got his feet on the ground. <laughs> he's just an ordinary schmo. <laughs> but I thought you said I was just an ordinary schmo. At this moment, my girlfriend I was watching this movie with leaned back and said, No! This is really irritating. <laughs> what, was she mad that they couldn't get together? She was together? mad that they didn't get together. I, I agree. It is irritating. It is very I, irritating. This is the romantic comedy that should be together at the end. They obviously couldn't because they were going to make another Ernest movie. Actually, so what? They're really all matter. different Ernest. Different Ernest yeah. really Just let them get together. What does it matter? Yep. Oh! There's no precedent for it, I it's guess. It's so frustrating. And this is kind of like, I guess, the message of the movie. Renee grabs him and she says adamantly, Ernest P. Worrell, never let anyone say you're an ordinary schmo. You're a dynamic schmo. Poor Ernest, is, he's, just, he's just like, okay, well, at least I'm extraordinary. That kind of appeases him. Yeah. Her saying that kind of helps soften the blow. He's I'm like, alone, but at least I'm great. I sense there might be a problem. Maybe I was a little too worldly for you, a little too continental, a little too wild, perhaps. And I was just like, all right, all right, he's getting earnesty. As he starts talking, the confidence builds and builds, and he starts, and, he, and he, his, his defeat from her rejecting him builds into this, the kind yeah. of braggadocious earnest that we liked. Yeah, Renee, it's time for the rogue of the open road to set off again on his quest for high adventure. Another place, babe. Another time. This last little monologue, I feel like he's finally full-on earnest. He transcended. Yeah, and and I assume he won't kill any pets after this. Oh, that's what I was saying. It was like a prequel kind of a thing. Maybe like or... If, if there was a continuity between movies, this would kind of take place earlier. Yeah, like he is becoming the earnest from other movies. Yeah. yeah. His back gets straighter and straighter. Yeah. And he gets more and more bravado, and he's like... And he gets more and more flowery. He's like, I guess, you know, I'm a lonely wolf. He starts monologuing. Wait. The first monologue he does in this movie. You guys can't see it at home but Aaron is like swaggering her shoulders wait so did, did Renee teach him to be earnest whoa oh. is Renee like the Yoda to his Luke <laughs> I'm telling you she's the, the other half monologue you she's, must he does need her to complete his earnestness yeah no more training do you require <laughs> I already have that which you need and that, then he, that was my Linda Cash impression and then this is a very earnest where like she walks away and he continues monologuing yep he's like Bye, Ernest. And he goes, goodbye, Renee. And then he keeps talking. And he even says, yeah, Renee. It's like, Ernest, she's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then this is the reason that he took his hat off. I did get it afterwards, yeah. I forgot to mention the beautiful gift that he brought her. He brought her this egg. This is even but more. he painted. He painted yeah. a giant. He said, look, I, got, I brought a souvenir from our trip to Africa. Yeah. It's an ostrich egg. I painted it. And he's painted like a little E and R on mm -hmm. it. It's so sweet. She accepts it happily. And then she totally crushes him. Yeah. And she leaves it there. On and then his she hat. leaves it there on his. He puts it in his hat. He finishes off his monologue. You get the sense that he's going to start going on adventures too. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe says this is the start of an earnest. Yeah. He starts off kind <laughs> of earnest begins proto earnest. Yeah, and then he becomes earnest, and he's like, "All right." And he then he picks up his hat. Doesn't notice that there's an ostrich egg in it, even though ostrich eggs are huge. Yeah. Puts it on his head. Smashes an ostrich egg over his head. It comes down almost like the slime from You Can't Do That on Television. Yeah, it's a huge explosion of goo. He, 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 he. That's like the fifth one in the movie. Yeah. yeah. 
and, and, that, and we freeze frame. Freeze frame. Ernest goes to Africa. What have we learnt? I like your theory, Dave, that this is like a pre-Ernest. Oh, it yeah. makes sense. That if is the have, way that I can make this make sense to my brain. If you have to fit it into like an Ernest continent, not even a continuity, but just like if you Explain. have to place him. Where, yeah. where does this Ernest exist? On the, exist? Spectrum? Yeah. the, on the Ernest. Ernest spectrum? Yeah. yeah. He's an early Ernest. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's where I would place Ernest in the pantheon of Ernest is this Ernest. He's not quite Ernest until maybe the end. I and I think that. Renee teaches him to be an Ernest. Yeah. She's great. There's a couple really good performances. Linda Cash, whoever plays Thompson. Yeah, he is good. Even as, as disgusting as he is, the guy who plays Kazim really commits to that he performance. Committed. He makes you not like him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he makes him gross. Basu is good too. I have a lot of problems with this movie. It has stuff worth checking out if you are a fan of Ernest. If you're a fan of Ernest, which you, I guess you are if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Correct. <If you're, laughs> so if you, so this you might far, as well, yeah. If you're introducing someone to Ernest for the first time. Yeah, I wouldn't pick this do not start this with this This is for Ernest, like... Diehards. Yep. This is a deep album cut. I can't believe this journey is almost over. I'm sad. What are you guys going to do after this? I don't know. Get on with our lives? <laughs> <laughs> All good things, Aaron. All good things, Dan. Oh, okay. There's a time. Every <laughs> To everything there is a season. Yeah. That sort of thing. Oh, you would call this like the beginning of the curtain call for Ernest. Yeah. Sure. Ernest in the army will be his, his final curtain. Oh, boy. That's what we'll be getting to next time, right? I'm a little sad. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know what to do with my life after this. Yes. After our next extra, the last Ernest movie. Yep, we got one more. Ernest in the army. I hear he goes into the army in this one. <laughs> Thanks for joining us again, Dan. No, it was fun. It was yes, welcome back. Dan yeah. specifically requested this. I requested it because you said no one else wanted to watch it. Yeah, yeah. And I like talking about Ernest with you guys. Cool. Uh, Likewise. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, please check us out on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It will help people find the podcast, especially now that we're winding down and won't be releasing anything new. We do want people to find it even after we're gone. Yeah. Keep making those Aster Clement memes. Yep. Check us out on the Facebook page. Follow us on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, all the social medias, and you'll hear more from us next time. Goodbye, Dan. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye, Dan. Bye, Aaron. Take care, listeners. Viva la vibe.